Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Wannabe Walk-Ons, a Nebraska football and craft beer fan podcast, the official podcast of the Nebraska Craft Brewers Guild, and a proud member of the Herd at Sports Network. I'm Drew, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Ben. Thanks, Drew. For you new listeners, each episode, Drew and I will sample craft beer, mostly local, some beyond, while sharing our unique brand of Husker Insight. We encourage you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or X at Wannabe Walk-Ons for the most up-to-date show information. And please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform or conveniently stream each episode at wannabewalkons.com and click on the podcast. On this week's episode, Drew and I will profile La Vista, Nebraska's cross-strain brewing, react to the Louisiana Tech game, and look ahead to Michigan. I'm Ben. And I'm Drew. And this is Wannabe Walk-Ons. You know what, Drew, before we get started, we should probably take like a 40-minute weather delay and then come, <laughs> come back to it. At least they didn't cancel it. They actually finished it out, you know? Did you think they were going to cancel it? Was there a part of you that thought like Louisiana... I was scared when when the talk was going around on like social media, like there's a chance. And yeah. then I'm thinking, if Louisiana Tech's going to come back, and then they started looking pretty good after that break, I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, Nebraska came out really sluggish, we'll yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. And they, took care, little, they took care of business, obviously, but yeah. but yeah. Yeah, maybe it was maybe there was some like um, cosmic interference that was trying to spare us from the crumble. Maybe it was a good thing. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't know. Kind of like when uh, the lights went out on the Super Bowl against the uh, Jim Harbaugh's um, 49ers against him, uh, John Harbaugh and the uh, Ravens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, could I have ummed and awed through that (laughs) sentence? Anyway, I was trying to piece it together in my brain. I remember you remember that yeah. though, where yeah. it was like the power's out. Just like this random event. The power's out at the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they have like a generator or two right. to back that up? No, I'm guessing the team was a little a little sluggish because they did what I did, which was eat tacos during that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a couple tacos, yeah. some some drank, uh, drank a little bit, a yeah, little extra, yeah, yeah. My my mother in law bought a fireball keg. Oh, I didn't know they did that in kegs. That's dangerous. A literal, it is a literal keg and it contains uh-huh. three handles of fireball inside of it. Now I didn't, I mean, consume it all by any means. And it, it actually, it's quite the incredible thing. Yeah. 
Um, she got it out in Scotts Bluff, which may or may not surprise some listeners. <laughs> she bought two of them. Yeah. Because as a as a family, Fireball tends to be a very popular drink for a nice Saturday night. It's a good one for watching the game because they, they go down easy. A little Fireball and, and uh, Diet Pepsi or Fireball and Dr. Pepper or something like that. Right. Pretty good drink. But they've got, uh, it's it's a metal keg and it's got three little spouts on it and you can turn each spout and it just, it, it literally rains fireball. <laughs> That's crazy. Did she have to like stop at railroad crossings while driving around with those things? You know what I mean? Cause explosive. <laughs> it sounds like a fire hazard to have three handles packed into a little metal keg. It sounds like yeah. a little bomb. Oh, well, I mean it, uh, it, it, it drinks like one too, man. <laughs> Light the fuse. Cause I am, I am ready to go with that. They've got a really great tagline, which is tastes like heaven burns like hell. And it's a it's a good tagline, yeah, like but um, Fireball has like zero burn. I mean, yeah. that's like saying that hot tamales are spicy. You know what I mean? There's no burn to For it. For some people. No. <laughs> no. No. Just no. Anyone who eats a hot tamale is not like, oh my gosh, I need milk immediately. <laughs> Just hot tamales. You don't dip your tamales in milk? Hot tamales? No. <laughs> no. Who? Nobody does. What <laughs> psycho? It's like, ooh, a box of hot tamales. Get me a big old glass of 2%. <laughs> That's awful. Oh, man. So, yeah. That's what did you, you drink during the game? What was your go-to? Um, I was drink. What was I drinking? Beer? <laughs> I honestly don't remember. I mean, I don't want to assume, but I'm going to full out assume that you were drinking something. Um, I was drinking a, a stout of some sort. Okay. But hand, I, I can't remember. Like, hand to God, I can't remember what I was drinking. Oh, man. Yeah, I was so, I think I was just so like, I blacked out with anger watching this game. Forgot really? everything. Yeah, it's not anger. No, I was frustrated. Oh, okay. Yeah. Frustration's yeah. fair. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you watch any of the other games that were going on I this watched, weekend? I watched nothing but football. Like, that's the only thing I did What yesterday. a good weekend. It was, it was um, an incredible slate of football. After a few weeks of a, like, a, okay. like yeah. Was, yeah, there was like a few here and there, but this was like, I mean, this was packed. Um and it lived up to expectations. A lot of those games were incredible. So, and like Notre Dame, Ohio State, obviously. Was Great just, finish. Yeah. Yeah. was amazing. Defensive and then, battle. Yeah. Clemson and uh, Florida State. Even even Minnesota Northwestern. Th- that, like the old come, come from behind victory for Northwestern. Down 21. How do, you, how do you not cheer for them this year? You know what I it's mean? It's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I can think of a few I reasons think. why. I'm like, you know what? They can cool off a bit. <laughs> You know who's been beat down hard quite a bit is Baylor. They just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because sometimes they deserve it. Oh man, yeah, but watching um, Colorado just get smoked. Yeah, finally, like everything they they did not play any differently than they've played all year. Yeah, and the result was finally what it should have been. Um, Casey Casey Rogers converting on a fake punt. That means Nebraska gets a win, right? Like that's that goes in our win column. Yes, yeah, yeah. that was his great contribution to Nebraska football. Yeah, was that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was a good run. Too. I mean, it wasn't it, just like a conversion. Oh no, yeah, I mean, he was chugging. Man, we have our own special teams fake to talk about, but like mm-hmm. that one, he he got like twenty some yards or nineteen yards or something like that. Yeah, and he and, gave him a first down mark. Oh, yeah. And from inside their own 20, too. Oh. I mean, just n- fucking the balls on Dan Lanning for doing that. <laughs> it was incredible. He knew. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he knew. knew. Yeah, I know. He knew if they got the ball back. He, he didn't give like, a shit. He's like, we'll spot you seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, it was a it was a good Saturday for football. Yeah, for sure. But like you're talking about that Northwestern game was 21 down. David Braun coming back, getting a, a big win against a Big Ten West opponent. Yeah. Um, And Minnesota looked like 
trash <laughs> at the end of that game. They looked, and I know, yeah, Nebraska lost to Minnesota. So what does that mean? Transitive property, whatever. I don't care. Um, but that overtime, man, Minnesota couldn't make hay happen. And they almost shanked the field goal kick, um, which also I know we've had that happen. <laughs> uh, but I didn't Northwestern like win the game on their first play in overtime. Like they faked the entire Minnesota defense yeah. and just threw back to that tight end who just did a little rub on the line and wide open and just could have backwards waltzed in. Yeah. Yeah. Good football. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. How did Iowa do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What a, what a great day for watching teams you hate. Yeah. Just choke. Yeah. Choke on their own. Just who they are. Like they, they, they bought in so hard to who they were. They doubled down and it, it just came back to bite them in the ass in the most yeah. beautiful way. And Penn State's a great team. Like they really, I, are. you know, like you don't expect Iowa to, to um, pull off a win in Happy Valley, especially like with the whiteout at night, yeah. you know, under the lights. But you expect them to get at least oh, a touchdown's uh, worth of first downs. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> more than a couple yards, you yeah. know, here or there would be. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it was beautiful. How much do you think Brian House or Brian Ferentz's house is worth? I think we're gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna move back in with mom and dad. <laughs> He's gonna division two is gonna be like nah we're good <laughs> we're good bright guy oh oh man a lot of a lot of good football to be had yeah and it's and it's nice yeah. uh, that it happened on the weekend now yeah we'll take a victory lap that we beat Louisiana Tech absolutely of course it was a W it was a definite those W are, those come few and far between these days for us so and we're you gonna know celebrate Louisiana Tech came out and they gave their best shot and it was a damn good shot and we'll obviously get into that. Yeah. Well, but when you pay somebody one and a half million dollars, you expect the best. When you when when the Jisby rolls to town, <laughs> you expect <laughs> you expect Sonny to to give their best shot. And if Smoke Harris is on that team, you you better be ready for Matt Millen to talk about him nonstop. <laughs> so, oh well, before we talk about that Louisiana Tech game, I think it's time that we do our part for for NIL, and that is to drink Nebraska's first NIL beer. And talk about it. So our first beer today is the Cornhead Lager. It's a collaboration between Cross Strain Brewing out of La Vista, uh, as well as the ten, the ten eighty <laughs> snowboarding initiative, the the eighteen ninety uh, initiative, which supports Nebraska athletics. So I got a little spiel on Cross Strain. I'm sure a lot of listeners are familiar with Cross Strain. I'm sure you have your own anecdotes with Cross Strain. We've we've shared plenty of their beers together, both yeah. on and off podcasting. Um, but let me find my paperwork and I'll tell you just a little bit. So you've heard it before. Two dudes with a passion for beer left their day jobs to brew professionally. The dudes in our case are founders, Bobby Cross and Scott Strain, who connected while working at a brewery in town. Now, first off, the fact that their names are Cross Strain, like that is such a good beer. Like it means nothing and yet it means everything. Yeah. Like Cross Strain, you're like, oh. Is it a virus? Is it a <laughs> thing taking like it? It sounds very. It sounds like they're they're doing scientific experiments to yeah. create their beer. Yeah. yeah. So uh, these two connected by their passion for brewing innovative beer, uh, they followed their dream of doing it all themselves. They spent two years developing beers in basements and finally connected their names to form Cross Strained Brewing. Uh, the Cross Strained beer list changes often. They're always dreaming of new concoctions and tinkering with current recipes to try and make something great. That means their beers can come and go from the menu pretty quickly. So you got to go by their tap room if there's something that sounds interesting because it may not be around for long. Now, Cross Train's got a really cool brewing philosophy. 
and that philosophy states, beer shouldn't be boring. Every beer we make starts as a twinkle in our eye, a turning of gears in our heads. We'll tinker and tinker with the recipe, ratcheting up ingredients as needed until it's not just quote unquote good enough, but until it's freaking great. In addition to beer, Cross Strain serves Glacial Tilt Hard Ciders, Stone Cellar Wines, Bloomer's Craft Sodas, which are non-alcoholic, Cold Brew Coffee, and their very, very own non-alcoholic sparkling hop water. Uh, they've won some major awards. They're, they're very well regarded both locally and nationally. Uh, the Hellas Creek was on USA Today's 40 Most Delicious Beers in the Nation list. Thrillist named Cross Strain Nebraska's Best Brewery in 2018, which was only a year after their founding. Very impressive. Dang. Fairy Nectar London uh, Double Dry Hop won second place in the Great American Beer Festival in hazy or juicy IPA category. And they have two locations. One is in La Vista, Nebraska, and one is the Cross Drain Draft Works in downtown Omaha, where you can get all of their beers uh, and sampling. I didn't want to go too in-depth because I know that a lot of people have, have tried Cross Drain and, and that it's very out there in the market. Um, but they do some really neat things. And um, when we were guests on uh, Big Dudes in the Trenches, you brought a Cross Drain... Furder? Fooder. Fooder. Fooder, yeah. Can you tell a little bit about like one one of the things that they do, which is that that fooder? Yeah, so the fooder is just, I, they just experiment with, um, you know, creating these sort of like their farmhouse ales or, or saisons. Um, and so there's wild, I think it's wild yeast strains that go into these things. And so they always just come up with, you know, wild concoctions. Um, but they're incredible. Yeah. And yeah. And, and you got to go into, I was going to the tap room in, in La Vista. Um, and they just number them off, you know, as they come out. And, uh, so I'll, you know, if I see one, I'll snag one. Um, and they give you a little description. So you kind of know what you're getting into. Um, but yeah, it's just always a good experience. And, um, it's an example of like, of, of, of brewers who, yeah, they just, they're experimenting, they're trying new things. Um, putting themselves out there and you get a, you get a chance to try something wholly unique that you'll never get to try again. That'll never be recreated. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like the happiest and saddest thing, right? Cause if you find one that really sings and sparkles when it's gone, it's gone. That's it. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's nice. It's that moment in time. Uh, have you seen the movie sideways? Uh, it's an Alexander Payne film about wine and uh, two guys do a bachelor party trip through wine country in California. I've never watched it. No. Okay. It's a lovely movie. Okay. But there's a, there's a really cool, line where um, one of the main characters is talking to this woman and, and he's got a very special bottle of wine. It's like a 1963 vintage of, of like the, one of the most sought after bottles. He's a poor, broke eighth grade English teacher and he's got this bottle of wine worth thousands of dollars. And he's like, I just haven't found the moment to open this. And she's like, you got it all wrong. Opening that bottle is the moment. You know, it's like, yeah. this is what is special. Who You don't need to celebrate something when you open this because opening it is that special thing. So when I hear of places like a cross train who do these one-offs where it, it, you're not just opening a bottle of beer, you're opening a moment in time and like it gets to be the focal point. Yeah. I just think it's, it's cool. really, I yeah, mean, it's it, a great way to put it. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's one of those like perspective changing things where it's like, don't wait for the moment to like bring this thing out because then either the moment overshadows the thing or the thing overshadows the moment, like have the thing be the moment. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, what do you think of a corn head? What do you think of this cornhead lager? I like it. I mean, I don't expect anything less of cross train. They always do really great stuff. There's a reason that they're so highly regarded um, by drinkers and brewers alike. Um, this is a good beer, beer, but like there is a little something extra. It seems that it's, they didn't, they didn't definitely didn't mail it in. They weren't just right. like, yeah, we've got this like typical lager recipe. We'll slap a label on it. 
um, is really good. It's got, I think it's got a good, like a good snap to it as yeah. I'm drinking it and just all around good flavor. I really like the, the backbone, whatever they used for their, their malt, uh, to go alongside. It's slightly hopped kind of that crispiness you're talking about, right? Where there's just, there's a little hint of a little extra brightness and a little extra bitterness, but that backbone that gives kind of the, the creamy or the velvety mouthfeel, I think is really pleasant. Um, yeah, for, a, for a beer that is, I don't want to say like it's a kitschy beer or it's a beer that has like a, a shtick because like you said, Crosstrain's not the kind of brewing company that's going to make that kind of a beer. Um, really craft breweries don't get into that a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a beer that people are going to buy because it helps Husker athletics, they could have gone with something a little less complex and it would have been just fine. And people would have been like, yeah, it's a, it's fine. Like yeah. this is a good beer. It's a really good beer. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, there, there, there's clearly a difference here and it makes sense why maybe you would reach out as the 1890 initiative to a cross strain because it's like, we don't want to just make a product that we know is going to sell regardless. We want to make a product that lives up to what we hope we become Yeah, uh, on that NIL front. Yeah. I would say there's, there's plenty of um, breweries in Nebraska that have good name recognition. Um, you know, and, and maybe even going to like a brewery in Lincoln would have made sense to, you know, to tie it, tie it even closer to UNL. But, um, yeah, they, I mean, Crosstrain, I think knocked it out of the park that the malt finish on this is, is phenomenal. I think that's when you talk about the backbone of something, the thing that really supports it. Um, to me, it's that, that lasting impression that you get at the end. Um, the last thing you think before you think I'm going to take another drink. Yeah. Yeah. Right before you got over here to record, I had to like scarf down lunch because we got home from a pumpkin patch trip this morning and I had some, some dip that had some garlic in it. And so like, I've still got a little bit of that lingering garlic taste in my mouth, which I'm sure is so appetizing for people to (laughs) to hear, but this beer stands up to that. Like there is, there is full flavor to this. I don't feel like I'm drinking a, a light beer, which obviously this isn't. But I don't feel like I'm drinking just someone's, you know, passing. Yeah, we have a bland whatever. Mm. Um, and so I, I give a lot of credit on that front. And and mine's almost gone already. Like normally <laughs> we, we have a beer to talk football and I've already almost killed my first one. So if you right. hear some clicking in the background, that's me cracking open a, another <laughs> one, which, you know, God save us all if we go down that uh, that path. That's right. I was say we I've got more of this. I, I, had a, I was <laughs> I was going to bring a six pack of this today and forgot. So. Ooh, should we, um, we should talk about that, that which is a, a little look behind the curtain, which is I tend to surprise you on what we're drinking uh-huh. on the day to day basis. And then, you know, when I ask you about your experience with these breweries, it's off the cuff. These are your actual, you know, yeah, nothing's prepared on, on that side for you, uh, which is a fun little surprise for me. Yeah. Or, you know, if I if we're not, it gives of, me extreme anxiety. But does I, it really? I, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Here, drink I this. I through it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So you were like, oh, I forgot. I got you a six pack of Cornhead, and yeah. I was like, oh, you mean like this six pack? And then I pulled <laughs> out pull a six out. pack. It was so a beautiful moment. Cross Drain was always on the on the docket for today, so that we can cover a couple of their beers. Um. So we've got two that we haven't tried before, and we'll get into the second one in a little bit. Um. But yeah, Cross Drain, highly recommend it. Uh, it's always going to be busy when you visit them, but they're always going to make time to pour you a beer. They've got a great wait staff there uh, who's very knowledgeable behind the bar at, at both of their locations. And if you can't make it to one of those locations, you can find them all across the state of Nebraska and uh, distributed, I believe, outside the state a little bit, too, in like the Iowas, the Kansases, that sort of thing. Yeah. But before we move on, guys, we want to take a quick moment to talk about our very special show partner, the Nebraska Craft Brewers Guild 
Longtime listeners of the show know Wannabe Walk-Ons is the official podcast of the NCBG. The Guild is a professional organization that protects the craft brewing industry in Nebraska. The Guild's main focus is to encourage folks of a legal drinking age to drink Nebraska beer through promotion, education, and events. If you're a fan of craft beer like we are, you can learn more about the Nebraska Craft Brewers Guild and find information on awesome beer-centric events by visiting the Guild's website at nebraska.beer. All right, man, our homework is out of the way. So now it's just time for us to wax poetic about uh, 60 minutes that turned into like five hours. Uh, Yeah, five hours of just constant panic and heartache. And (laughs) it wasn't that bad. (laughs) You know what? Like looking back at at the numbers, like it really wasn't it wasn't horrendous. No, but watching it and being in the moment. And I think it's because. Um, I had set my expectations way too. You did have high. very high expectations. Way too high. Yeah. Um, that made it a very stressful and frustrating sixty minutes of play plus you know whatever yeah. time around it. it was. It was difficult to watch. Yeah. 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 You know, I uh, I started watching at home. Um, my my mother in law was watching uh, our boys, and so my wife and I had the afternoon. She was being productive and like decorating our house for fall and all that sort of stuff. And I was downstairs in the basement locked in front of the TV propped up by a pillow drinking whiskey. And it was fantastic. (laughs) Um, And at halftime I said, let's let, we need to change locations. Like I can't sit here anymore because I think I'm the cause of whatever this stall (laughs) is, why it's seven to seven, all this sort of stuff. And so we went over to her parents' house and lo and behold, Nebraska scores three more touchdowns. So now I probably have to watch every game over there. Yep. It sounds like it. Yeah. I won't. So if we lose, it's probably, you know, because <laughs> of you, everyone, everyone thinks they're the center of the, the universe. My mom used to say, is there an axis sticking out of your ass? Cause you, <laughs> <laughs> you think the world revolves around you. Uh, and I awesome. do, I 100% yeah. do. Yeah. That's yeah. all right. We all do. You are all um, the supporting cast. <laughs> I watched, um, just with my son, he was, he was seated in our little Papa's on chair. I was crashed on the couch and, um, he learned he learned so many new swear words and how to yell them because um, my wife was gone with my daughter. They had a, a birthday party that they were attending um, probably for the better. I'm sure my wife's a happier person for not being around for for most of the game. Yeah. Um, and what we did is we we had so we had on the TV. We have, we had the Nebraska game on yeah. and that doesn't change. Like I don't deviate. Right. Like I won't switch back and forth or whatever. It's just Nebraska. But I have my phone. And on my phone, we had the Colorado game, and so sure. we would check back in um, on commercial breaks and get our get our kicks there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, <laughs> I know I'm raising him right because a he was he was cheering so hard against Colorado, um, but b uh, Iowa State was playing Oklahoma State, and so mm. we watched a little bit of that game <clears throat> as well. And uh, he asked me who I'm cheering for, and I said I, I was cheering for Iowa State. Um, I felt like they were the underdog. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, I won't cheer for them. And I said, why not? I said, because they're Iowa. Oh. And I said, well, they're Iowa State. And he said, I don't care. They're Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the name, man. So. Man, don't anyway. make him watch the Cyhawk. That would be torture for him <laughs> to have to be like, I yeah. can't. They, there are no winners. Right. Oh, man. But yeah. Anyway. um, What did you. So you felt. Did you feel. What did you feel walking yeah. away from the yeah. game? So my overall, my overall thought on the game is. Obviously, not the first half that we wanted to see offensively. Um, defensively, the defense is, again, uh, impressive. 
uh, holding these guys to less than 60 yards for the fourth game in a row on, on the, the running side of the ball, which is where you need to be in the Big Ten West. You've got to force teams to pass and then have an effective enough passing defense to shut guys down when the moment occurs. And I thought that Nebraska did all those things as needed. Um, but, but the part where I'm not as deterred is I'm starting to see identity. This has been something that we've talked about probably since we started doing this podcast is, is trying to see what this identity looks like. And I finally got an idea of what Nebraska wants to be under Matt rule. Nebraska is going to be a team that hangs with you in the first half of the game. They're going to go blow for blow the best they can. They're going to keep moving the ball and they're going to try and run the clock as best they can while keeping the score relatively close. That might mean they go up by seven. That might mean it's a tight game. That might mean it's within one score, but that's where they want to be to, to get through that first half. The second half is where this team's identity reveals itself, which is we are now going to use every little bit of energy we have to outpower you on both sides of the ball. And I feel like in that first half, you're feeling that same feeling like, why are we keeping this so close? Why, why is this game so tense? And I don't think it's because Nebraska couldn't figure it out. I think it's because Nebraska's, I don't want to say conserving their energy, but they're, they're waiting to lay their cards on the table until it's like, okay, you've now adjusted. You've seen what we're throwing at you. Now we're going to play you. And, and so to see the power run game, the quarterback run game, to see Grant come to life in that second half and to see all of that start to evolve, to see our tight ends get involved in the, in the passing game, like that felt more like what Nebraska can be and can develop towards, even if we don't have receiver talent who's going to beat you on speed, we are going to be more physical than you. And so you saw evidence of all of that. And this is evidence that's been building for the past four games. And I think going into next week's game, it's like if, if we stay true to that identity, we're not going to walk away embarrassed or frustrated by the outcome of this game. So that's why I leave here with a positive attitude of like, I'm finally seeing an identity that we can start to develop and recruit and build towards. Okay. I can agree with you on a lot of those things. Um, Cause I, cause I saw that too, right? I saw, especially like on the offensive side where they, you know, they started lining up seven, you know, doing the 22 personnel and, and just pounding the ball, um, in the second half, uh, you know, really starting to lean, lean on the run game. Um, I, when I was watching the Michigan Rutgers game, that's what Michigan does as well. And we'll talk about them a lot, um, a lot more obviously soon, but, um, we, we've talked about Nebraska wanting to model themselves off of Michigan, right, in order to be successful. And, you know, Michigan was playing Rutgers really tight. And I imagine Michigan fans were probably really fucking stressed for that first quarter, um, at least if not a little bit into the second. And then Michigan just started laying down power runs and, and, and forcing their will. Um, and they absolutely dominated the second half of that game, actually the last three quarters. And I think that's what Nebraska wants to do. And you're right. Like you can see glimpses of that. Um, it's absolutely a work in, in progress. Um, and the, the, the ability of a lot of these guys and, and the inexperience in the system makes that makes a, an individual game like this feel not great. Sure. Um, cause you're, cause you're working through the growing pains and you don't get, you don't get that like sort of like uncomfortable feeling for like a quarter, maybe a half. And then just things like sh start your, your team just sh shuts them down for the second, second half of the game. It's more like, Oh, I see. Like we're starting to shut them down, but then they like kind of maybe fight their way back in sure. and then we have a breakdown. We have, you know, this Saturday other happen. Um, so yeah, you're right. We are, we're progressing towards that. Um, and again, I, I set myself up. Uh, I set myself up to not enjoy this game just by the way that um, 
I you, bought into. You wanted a total shutdown of all things offense <laughs> from Louisiana Tech, and you wanted constantly our, for this our offense to just manhandle them <laughs> and and to their credit they refused to let that happen they they did they fought very hard um and they i think they knew like they knew that they were not going to be able to run on nebraska's defense and they they came in ready to throw the ball to get the ball to their playmakers um nebraska on defense wasn't tackling nearly as well as we had seen and and that was um a lot of where the frustration came from and why louisiana tech was able to uh extend drives or stay on the field longer um, to, to keep things tight. Um, I, I mean, they fed the ball to smoke Harris constantly. Cyrus Allen had an awesome game. Yeah. Um, they were playing with a backup quarterback who this was his very first start and he's coming into a hostile environment. And I thought he actually did really well. You know, he didn't have the interception until the last drive of the game. Um, but otherwise like did a good job, you know, just get, again, getting the ball to playmakers, protecting the ball, um, and doing all of that without a, a run game. Um, cause they, they, I think they were down to their fourth string running back too. Not just that they were down to converting defensive players and wide receivers into running backs to come in. Like we went into this game down our, our two starting running backs and there was no mention of that because Louisiana tech had an <laughs> even worse depth issue with mm-hmm. running back, which you like as a Husker fan, I was kind of, kind of empathizing. I was like, Oh my God, that's going to be us in two, two games or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. that could easily be where we wind up by the season's end is we're having guys who don't play running back or we're going into really young talent in order to fulfill that spot and to give backup reps and stuff like that. So I, I give a lot of credit to Louisiana Tech and Sonny Cumbie and that entire staff. They knew what they needed to do to have a shot. And to their credit too, like they didn't stop from trying to take deep shots. They didn't stop trying to be themselves. I mean, they tried to run an air raid offense. Um, and that's kind of how you can expose Nebraska because had Nebraska gotten down like maybe 21 to, to 7, if momentum goes the other way, you just question, can this offense operate under pressure and come back when their identity is to not be that, right? We're going right. to wear you down, but the two-minute drill is not Nebraska's strength this season. No, it's not, but I think we saw, and this is another positive, with the running game, especially with the option, like the... the tri- there's no option. There's, <laughs> there's a quarterback run with a, with a, with a running back. With a tail, yeah. yeah. Um, with a guy to scoop up the ball in case it squirts loose. <laughs> we are going to catch Michigan by surprise with the option because he's going to pitch. It, yeah, like, what the he fuck He knows how that? to do that. <laughs> R3, R3, press R3. Oh, man. But that they showed that they could be explosive in the run game that they could score very quickly in that in that sense and so um so yeah like we don't have a a passing game pretty much to speak of um but I still think I still think that they're showing at least a little bit of of hope that if they do find themselves down like let's say they find themselves down a couple scores to somebody like Illinois or Purdue um that they're not completely out of it or that they have to completely abandon what they want to do on the sure. ground. I think that they can still continue and I think they can feel confident in that and say, Hey, let, let's just, we'll keep clawing our way um, on offense and we'll just trust our defense to get the stop next time and, and, you know, try to try to bring the score back level. So, um, and that, and that comes back to identity, right? And like a team being able to lean on knowing who they are and, and what they are in, in any given situation. So I feel like I just converted you. Like your your attitude, <laughs> I did come way back. <laughs> I I did come way back. Do you want to change your Michigan prediction before we get nope. too deep? <laughs> no, I will not. No, because Michigan is who Michigan is. They, they no, really there's are. There's no change in that. And, and you're right. You know, you mentioned I, we've talked about this before. Like I think Michigan is the blueprint. 
I really do. I think I think Michigan is what you need to try to become because for two years now and potentially three, Michigan has been successful against the juggernaut in the Big Ten, which is Ohio State, by being who they are and not shying away from that personality. And even when um, they get into a game, and again, we'll talk about Michigan later, but um, when they get into a game where there's multiple turnovers by their quarterback, when they don't abandon their identity, they can still come out on top. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think there's a lot to be said there. And so that's why coming out of this game, I, I like that we didn't abandon who we were to try and achieve something. We stuck with it and you saw Nebraska pull away and then you're like, okay, these guys are clearly the better team. And that, that anxious butterfly feeling of like, oh, but now we got to rely on the defense to go out and make stuff. Like that's soon going to dissipate where we can start to believe that this defense is going to um, be who they, uh, who they are. Yeah. Well, and yeah, this was, I mean, this I think was by far the worst defensive performance we've seen outside of like Colorado when they were um, worn out. Um, but as as far as the whole game goes, I think this was the worst, and they still held held them to fourteen points. And seven came after a rain delay, where again, like things seemed kind of sluggish, um, and it felt like Nebraska had had sort of put that game away, and then the rain delay hit, yeah. and was, so they had to do it twice. It was, it was the perfect storm. <laughs> <laughs> God damn you! <laughs> oh, but yeah. So um, so as, as as hard as it felt in the moment to watch again, looking back, like yeah, yeah this is the they held another opponent to Less under than 60. sixty. Yeah, for four um, games in a row. Yep, it was the first time since nineteen ninety nine that, that the Nebraska defense has done that, which is pretty incredible. And I know you can look at you can look at the slate of opponents, um, and you can point to things like their talent level, um, their offensive scheme, but even like even those things, like you need you you expect like a breakdown here or there, like them to rip off a, a chunk play or like a really good passing team to, um, you know, catch you off guard with a draw or, or, or a breakdown where the quarterback scrambles. I mean, there's all sorts of things that can go wrong that the Nebraska defense hasn't allowed to go wrong sure. consistently across four games. And so I think that that's very impressive um, regardless of who they're playing against. And that's something that they'll continue to hang their hat on. The last three times that Louisiana Tech played a Big Ten opponent, they walked away with a win. Northern Illinois beat Nebraska as early as six seasons ago. I don't think it's something where you... And, and Minnesota is known for their rushing attack. Yeah, and, and they've, they've shown that throughout their, their other games. They've, like, yeah. So, I yes, we, we won against two lesser opponents, but even in our wins, we're holding teams to this standard. And so... You know, I don't want to sell the achievement short because I do think it's something where, you know, if anything, Nebraska is going to hold their head there. And we've developed these these defensive linemen um, who are the first point of attack. And we've talked about how Knighton has been such an incredible coach and how these guys have really developed, I think, year over last uh, to be a formidable front. And then the linebacker play to bring guys in um, and, and really mix and match and say, OK, Sure, you came in as a safety or you came in as a corner, but we identify that in this system you play better as this position or that. Like to have the courage to do that and see how that all fits together and to have it fit together so quickly. Like I don't think that you can diminish the, and I'm not saying that you were trying to diminish the achievement, um, but I think people will say like, well, look at the opponent. But yeah, you still have to be able to perform the system against that opponent in real time. Mm -hmm. And Nebraska has made huge leaps and bounds in year one. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to win us the Big Ten West yet, <laughs> but I'm saying that you can clearly see how this could develop long term. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you got to keep in mind, yeah, these are the first four games with this system. Yeah, um, they completely overhauled the defense. And when we made the switch from four, three to three, four, we remember how that went. That was not pretty. 
Um, Bob Diaco was pretty. <laughs> what a good looking man. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so, so we've seen that within that, this, these first four games, but not, not just that, but like the amount of players that they're playing and developing, um, is it's insane. I think they've got like 20 guys that have played like 15% of the snaps or something. some, some wild number. I, I, I normally, I know players names and numbers better than I know my kids' birthdays. <laughs> and I, and this season I'm having a hard time with it with like who is consistently the playmaker. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll, and it's, it, they do the platoon subs too, where, um, you know, you'll see the entire, uh, defensive line be just three completely different guys, like second or third string traditionally, but, but they're, too good to keep off the field and they're good together um and no matter who's on the field like you don't see the drop off and I know we've we've probably mentioned this before but like it needs to be repeated like that's an incredible feat and that's something that is going to pay dividends down the road yeah absolutely yeah that was some good like 30,000 foot view talking about the game that well that's what these games are for right like that's what the the non-con is for it's it's to get a feel for like what your team is and so um and there will be games where we go up against better opponents like michigan next week um and if we played like that it will it will not go well like there will be no hope right um even against uh the other big 10 west teams like playing like this would not i don't think it'd be good enough Right, I would agree with you on that. Um, just because of the things that, that we've learned to rely on as far as like the defense goes with getting after the passer and generating sacks. Like, we didn't have that this game at all. It was, I think it was the first game without a sack, which is pretty um, wild to think about because I felt like that was the one thing we could rely on was Louisiana Tech's offensive line having trouble. Um, and without the run support, without uh, an experienced quarterback, you just expected like dumb luck to grant you a Big Mac sack, and we didn't get that. Yeah. Um. And so I got paid full price for my Big Mac this that's week. Bullshit, right? Yeah. When was the last time you did the Big Mac sack? I've never done a Big Mac <laughs> sack neither. Me I neither. don't. I don't like to buy Big Macs on someone else's terms. <laughs> I like to buy Big Macs on my own terms. You I know? see. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So so there there my my little like hesitancy. Or like my pause looking ahead, um, just to throw some cold water back on on yeah, my time. Yeah, Is is that um, that we saw uh, a a bad defensive front on display um, against what should have been probably the worst offensive line that we played against so yeah. far, <laughs> minus Colorado. Um, and so that was yeah. I was I don't know, just disappointed and and hopefully. Uh, you know, and hopefully we see improvement there. Yeah, I can agree or with that. Snapping back to what they were. I, I will say to Matt Millen's credit, the one thing that he did say correctly during the broadcast is that Nebraska does like to blitz to get after the quarterback, and they haven't been able to do it with just kind of their standard front. Yeah, they have not, and they tried a lot. I think they brought a lot of like just three and four, because they and they had to because they were trying to keep Smoke Harris and, and Cyrus Allen under wraps. Um, and yeah, they did not generate a lot of pressure at all. Yeah, and and I think you know. That's something that will have to evolve, and um, that's where the continued development needs to come in, right? Where again, this is year one under these guys, and look at how far we've come with year one. And and you you look at maybe their recruiting in this first recruiting class when you get guys like Cam Lenhart, and you kind of see uh, what happens when a guy like him, who is really a difference maker, you know, when they're out injured. Okay, so we got one Cam Lenhart. Now we need to start developing multiples. We need to get more of those guys in the class, and so you can see the vision in games like this. And, and that's, that's really where I come out encouraged where 
you know, going into next week, the result is going to be the result. But I, I feel like Nebraska's not going to shy away from being who they are. There's always room for wrinkles, right? There's always room to try and change a couple of things to throw different looks when you go up against a big opponent like a Michigan and you say, okay, we're going to put all the cards on the table. We're going to do everything we can to try and pull this one out. But I, I do believe that with this staff, they're not going to abandon who they are. And that, and that gives me um, some comfort, uh, even in times of loss. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And I th- think that a game like Michigan is going to be, this is a this is a coaching staff that is willing to play anybody and everybody. So. Even if we got to go to Istanbul or <laughs> what did he say? Turkey? <laughs> what was that quote? Anyways, that was a long time ago. That was a different regime. Yeah. So. Any individual players on either side of the ball you want to call out? Should we start with offense? Yeah. Should we start with Thomas Fedoni? Should we start with Heinrich Harburg? Should we start with Anthony Grant? I mean, there's some dudes. Yeah. Isaiah Kemp was, uh, was a nice little security blanket for Harburg. Had himself yeah. five grabs. Um, had, a, had a touchdown. Fedoni did have the big play. I mean, it was a great catch. Oh, my gosh. And then the run afterwards to, yep. to put it in. Guy trying to tackle him just by holding on to his jersey. <laughs> I was like, Thomas Fedoni hasn't been tackled by a jersey since he was three years old <laughs> right. and it was his dad. Yeah. And after that, he said, I'm the dad. Yep. I am, I am father. <laughs> and, and nobody has been able to tackle that guy just by holding father on to his Fidoni. jersey. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, Anthony Grant carrying the load. I thought that was great. He, he, um, you know, he had to dance around a lot again. There wasn't, there wasn't always the best run blocking for him, but he was able to find the edge a lot when there was a hole. And there were like, it was rare, but every once in a while there was a there was a nice running lane, and he saw it and he hit it. Um, so when it's there, um, I think he's got just incredible vision that he's shown, and that's not not something that he's always done in a game. Um, and so that's encouraging to see, you know, knowing that we're going to be relying on him a lot moving I, forward. I think there's something to be said too for Coach Barthel. Um, we saw plenty of uh, clips during the off season of him coaching his guys during the spring and, and into fall, and he does not take the, his job lightly at all and I think Matt Rule really respects that mentioned him in his presser that he's been working overtime to get these other guys ready to go Uh, and I think that that's good for Grant I think that Anthony Grant um, he did have a problem kind of dancing in the backfield and trying to wait for for stuff to open up and this isn't an offensive line yet where you can be patient Um, we're going to talk about Michigan and that's an offensive line you can be patient behind and and, uh, Blake Corum really benefits uh, from that patience but this is one where you need to shoot the gap and you need to go and if it's not there, you got to just push through and make something happen. Yeah. Um, because it's still a work in progress by all means. But yeah, he did a great job bouncing around, getting to the outside and getting upfield. Uh, whereas he would normally kind of, you know, hop, 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 try and find something. It was, I'm going to make up my mind and I'm going to go. And, you know, it, it doesn't always work out. You might get one or two yards, but then the big ones are there when you, when you are decisive like that. And we, we saw the benefit of that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think we saw a couple runs from Emmett Johnson. I think he was in he was in the game quite a bit. Yeah, um, Quentin Ives, I don't think made it in at no, all, which, but, which, is, which good. is good. I think yeah. they're going to try to preserve save those four games. Yeah, yeah. So so, but so that said, yeah, the the better that Anthony Grant can be, um, the better it is for this team as a whole. Yeah. So, I, I think the benchmark, you know, to talk about another player with Heinrich Harburg, um, who obviously had a great game uh, in the quarterback run game, ran violently, ran aggressively. Um, had his helmet ripped off, but that's not a penalty anymore. Apparently not. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if you if if you commit to this being a quarterback run offense, 
where you can have your quarterback run for over 100 and then your your RB1 runs for over 100 uh, and then you're able to isolate the passing game with the Billy Kemp's in the in the shorter game and the Thomas Fedonis and the Alex Bullock's uh, and the Marcus Washington's. I think that we're starting to see that, okay, there are guys and there are ways for us to move the ball, even if it's not the most exciting offense. Um, it's It can become a consistent um, and, and a very frustrating and demoralizing offense, yeah. right? Five yards of play is nothing to shake your head at. So if you can get these little dink and dunks, I mean, it's beat Nebraska for how many years having teams do that. I think it's our turn to start playing that same way, oh, yeah. uh, especially in the past game. But, man, I thought Harburg had another great game, good decision-making, um, especially when his offensive line held. I thought I thought his decision-making was pretty pretty good. I give it like an 8 out of, out of 10. There were a couple of passes where you were like, ooh, I want that one back. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he had one almost picked. Um, he, they, had a, they had a fumbled snap. But I don't, have a I don't think that was on him. I think it was a bad snap. And then his other fumble was <laughs> because fucking five fucking guys were in the backfield from all different angles. Yeah. Unblocked. Um, he was just, murdered. I mean, he, he was flat out <laughs> murdered. Out murdered. And so they were lucky to recover both of those. Um, but you're right. His decision making was great, um, especially in the run game. Like um, pretty, pretty much every time I think he made the right read. Um, and I'm okay with like, I'm honestly, I'm okay with them running Harburg because I think that's he, this. This feels like they're running his offense. It yeah. feels very tailored to him. Um, I I would gripe a lot about Jeff Sims running the ball because I I've always thought that Jeff Sims was going to be a better passer, and I thought that's what they wanted to do. Sure, the way they talk about his arm talent. Um, and so yeah, so but I also I also love the option. I don't like I love watching the option out of the eye formation. Um, way more than I ever, ever enjoyed like read option in the shotgun. Oh so, man! Like there's, it's just there's just something more. Um, it's just more poetic and it's it's poetry in motion. To you me. you and every Husker fan who <laughs> applauded the first time they ran option out of the eye, dude. It's but it's real. Like it's it's like visually. Um, it's not it's an, it's not even nostalgia. It is visually. It is just more appealing to watch. Not one time did Louisiana Tech go. Let's tackle the quarterback. They didn't. They, they were absolutely committed to to, to eyes on Grant every single time. And so yeah, um Harburg could just cut up and run. Were you were you as impressed as I was with Harburg's breakaway speed? Yes. Yeah. I could not believe yeah. on that seventy two yarder when he just went up the middle. I, I was like, Well, surely he, he's gonna get caught. Yeah. And then I was like, Well, surely some like there's gotta <laughs> be someone coming and he was just running past them yeah there was you thought i thought there would be a safety or somebody that yeah would have a little extra leg speed no yeah. like he just i mean he was just gone it and was wild he he holds the ball the way my dad wishes i cut my hair which is high and tight <laughs> and and it, it is just a thing of beauty to see with him holding that thing yep like he could hear what the ball sounds like in it his was hand. whispering him run, just run like he heard the squeak of the leather <laughs> as he's running and, and but you're just like these are things that are like we're visually seeing what is being taught. Yeah. Right. We're seeing, you know, the change that we want to see happen, which is ball security, which is smart decision making, which is physical football. Um, you know, there's it, there's almost this like no bullshit to it. Yeah. That is that is very refreshing. It, at times you're like, ah, but it'd be fun to see a deep pass. It'd be it'd fun to see a YOLO bomb to Palmer, you know, <laughs> like it, it'd be fun to see that. Um, but I don't think that that's the consistency that we can build upon. And so you gotta, you gotta compromise. Oh yeah. Those, right? those were absolute crutches. Those are all desperation heaves. Um, yeah. and that I don't think this, this offense does not 
need those in order to find the end zone. Like I said, they're, they're finding uh, ways to run and make explosive runs. And they even had a few called back on some... some wait, I'm sorry, I, explosive wait, runs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I mention I ate tacos during that? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you had your own explosive runs following the break. No, uh, they were good tacos. Well, yeah, what kind of tacos were they from? I mean, they were just no, they were just, just like, standard like homemade. They were, have you have you heard the song uh, "White People Taco Night"? No. Oh no! It, it's like I bought tortillas from the grocery store and ground beef from the grocery store <laughs> and shredded cheese from the grocery store and shredded lettuce from the grocery store and sour cream from the grocery <laughs> store. It's white people taco night. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, um, man, so that's, that's what it was. They were just good. They, they were just you know. We went, we went and got tacos on Friday night from oh. Hoppy Taco in Dundee. Ooh. Have you been there? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, I found out um, a guy that I, that I work with, um, his family owns that restaurant. And so we were like, I was like, I'll go oh, check nice. it out and, you know, support good people, support local. Uh, it was phenomenal. It was good. I and they have, um, they've got like 20 some beers on tap. Oh, is that the Hoppy part? Um, yeah, I think that I'm pretty sure that's the Hoppy part. So including like, I think they had divots, they had cross strain. Um, they bring in any, you know, any uh, interesting like. Mexican beers or anything like that? Cause I, I know that. Actually, um, they might have had a Mexican lager on, but nothing nothing that jumped out. Nice. I love tacos. They had Cerro Cider on tap. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I. You know what my favorite kind of taco is? People are probably already grossed. They're like garlic eating garlic. motherfucker. <laughs> and, uh, have you ever had, have you ever had uh, lingua cow tongue? I, uh, when I was little, yeah. Oh, I love it's. It's like the the best beef roast. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I highly encourage if you go to a, like a real taco shop, try try at least like one lingua taco. Just you just need the meat and then the onion, the cilantro, a little lime, and maybe some hot sauce. Oh my gosh! Yeah, heaven. I, I remember having it um, at an aunt and uncle that had a farm, and so we would visit and um, get like farm fresh food. Uh, and yeah, they, my parents had me try it. I don't think, I don't think they told me what it was before I tried it, but it was good. I it's remember fantastic. it being, I remember it being like super tender and just oh, delicious. So good. Yeah. But it's now so I know what it is as an adult. I've not, I've never been able to bring myself to eat it again. Um, in Omaha, you can get it like Javi's taco has it Okay, and, and it's, it's delicious. Yeah. Absolutely love it. I highly recommend, you know, feed it to your kids. Don't tell them what it is. Yeah. Yeah. See how that goes. Yeah. They'll never trust you again. <laughs> Uh, what were we talking uh, about? I love tacos. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, tacos. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, Sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. Let's, yeah. Well, so we, okay, so we've covered offense and yeah. and defense. Do you want to do you want to talk about special teams or? Oh, I mean, nothing happened on special teams. <laughs> um, defensively, real quick, I okay. just want to throw out. Oh, um, yeah, we can talk about. Oh, yeah. I just I, I'm just gonna name some names. Yeah. I thought that Omar Brown. I thought that um, Singleton. I thought that Nash. Um, we're all having great games, especially on that fourth down stop um, where they went for the QB sneak and, and Nash stood the quarterback up. I think those yeah. plays are huge. They've been missing for Nebraska. I think on a fourth and one QB sneak, it's like just give them the first down and let's move on. But to have a team that is able to line up when you know what the other team is running and the other team knows that that you know what they're running and then you can still stop them. Like there's something visceral about that where you yeah. think, oh, my gosh. Like you feel like there's just a power surge that runs through your body where you're like, yes, <laughs> um, because th those are the plays that down the stretch swing a game back and forth. Those are game. Those are plays you win on. Yeah. Right. When you get late into the season and you've got to make a stop and blood, sweat and tears, you've scratched and clawed your way 
to the point to where you're in position to win, stopping a team on fourth and one when they need to convert to be in field goal range or they need to convert to, to, to go for the game-winning touchdown or something. Like, those are the plays where you, you win or lose games. Yeah, and in this game... I was going to say, that's why Notre Dame trotted out only 10 players. Oh they God. wanted the bonus surge from doing it with one man down. Oh, man. That's the most embarrassing <laughs> thing. Like, just go off sides. Like, have, yell at your players to, like, make contact before the snap because what are they going to do? Half yard, ha- big deal. It's not even a half yard. It's, like, half the distance to the goal, which yeah. you're already... <laughs> and he barely got in. Yeah. Oh, man. Can you imagine if Nebraska was playing Ohio State and all we had to do was stop them on the goal line and we only had 10 players in? Like where Nebraska is right now. Or like, <laughs> let's say the Michigan game were to come down to that. Yeah. And then we only had 10 players on the field. I would be okay with that. I would take that um, just because that meant we were in the game with Michigan. You say that now. You say <laughs> that so now. frustrating. You would break every oh glass God. in my house. I would lose my you shit. would. <laughs> You would punch oh, so many man. drywall holes. <laughs> I hope you still have that guy's number. <laughs> uh, so I just, I thought, uh, and then the secondary, I thought uh, Hartzog had a great game. Uh, Newsom had a great game. Um, you know, yell at me if I'm forgetting anyone. I, Newsom is a stud. I mean, we're just, we're yeah. seeing game after game where he's making play after play. And for like a guy like Hartzog to be able to play opposite that uh, and develop alongside him, I think Newsom's obviously going to be a Sunday guy. Yeah. And one well, I think he's, He's have a, having a quiet year in the sense that like they're not they're going after Hartzog a lot more. Like you're seeing Hartzog have to make more plays because that's who they're throwing to. Yeah. So, but but then you're also seeing Newsom come up in the run game and he's developing the instincts on that. Yeah. Um, and is not just he's not just a a prototypical like lanky corner who can run with you. He has built himself up to be making these violent tackles. Yeah. That are blowing up screens and getting into the backfield and. I, I love seeing that. I love seeing the physicality that's come through this staff. Uh, and it makes sense why um, Corey Campbell is leading the team out to begin the game. Right. Right. Like Matt Rule talked about, we are excited to put our physicality on display and our development on that front. And so that to me is Campbell's got to feel so good. Like what a what a compliment to say you lead the team out. Oh, yeah. And we've seen some like strength and conditioning coaches who looked like that. But none of them have have been like that. like none of none of it has translated. He feels the way it has. he feels like a coach who is who is having an on the field impact as a coach at the game, and I and and obviously he's he's probably not coaching X's and O's. Although I'm sure he's more than capable to help kind of give those positions. But the the amount of impact that you do feel from him and the conditioning that this team puts in late in games where you're seeing this defense just they're bowing, but they're not bending and they're not breaking. You're like, there is a difference. And when, when you hear the whispers of like players saying this was the most difficult thing they've ever done, which was the off season under his kind of command and what Matt rule had him put these guys through, like, I believe it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I myself would be like, I, am I a Navy seal after completing this? Because this is hard. <laughs> Right. Very, and he's like, it's one chin up. And I'm like, it's this is very it's very difficult. Have you seen which chin do you want me to lift up? I have several to choose from. He's just dangling a taco above the bar for you. Is it is it lingua? <laughs> oh man. Oh. Okay, so special okay. teams. Yeah. Awesome. Right? The oh. whole, well, most of it. The fake field goal was fucking incredible. Yeah. Right? That did, was did, Was there anything else? <laughs> Do we just pretend like nothing else happened? No, I thought, you know what was nice? Bushini bounced what? back. Yeah, Boomshini was great. We had Boomshini this we time. We did. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I think we're going to really ri- miss Ramir uh, as a kick returner. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even, it didn't even register to me. Tommy Hill had a nice return, though. He did, but he also had a fumble on a return. Okay. And so that was kind of like, well, whoops. Yeah. I just, I mean, yeah, I, I felt like if, if anybody was a difference maker back there, it was Ramir. Yeah. Um, Kemp continues just to be himself. Like he's secure. He's yeah. not, he's not had the home run threat, but he's also not had the fuck ups. Um, which, so which that. I will take if, if we can get, uh, Kemp into a situation, um, where he doesn't have to do too much. Like I don't expect Kemp to ever break one off for a touchdown on a punt. But right. if Kemp can be someone in a clutch situation where, uh, like what happened in this game where Nebraska backs Louisiana Tech up to the goal line. They've got a punt out of their own Ed zone. Ed Foley calls the, the the block attempt, and then there's plenty of room for Kemp. If Kemp can start to maybe get into a rhythm of like getting 10 yards, get us, a, get us an extra first down before we have to take the ball, I think that's where this can develop into. And, and you know, special teams, Matt Rule says, we're not going to just do, we're going to play special teams. You see that with a fake field goal against an opponent like a Louisiana Tech when you're not having the best success, like that turns the tide. Oh yeah. Right? Like that to me changed the game. Yeah. Where, where Matt Rule made a similar call to Dan Lanning where it's like, we know that we are the better team and we believe we are the better team. Let's start going out there and fucking acting like it. Yeah. We're going to fake a field goal. We're not going to take points when we could take points. We're going to go get more. We're going to steal some points here um, because you can't stop us. Yeah. Which thank God they didn't because that would have been very embarrassing. <laughs> But I, but I do think that that kind of confidence is a huge turning point. And I also mm-hmm. like that they're keeping Timmy Bleak Road engaged in the team. Um, even though he worked incredibly hard in the offseason, he talked about how hard he worked in the offseason, and he lost his starting kicking spot to Alvano, who hasn't had the best season to begin well, that with. Was, yeah, that was my next my next and last thing was Alvano. Yeah. Um, it's He's a bit of a question mark. It's nice to have Bleak Road if, if you know. I, I think we're at the point where I think Bleak Road needs to be uh, sent out there for kicks. Yeah, I do. I think I think Alvano has been inconsistent. Do you think? But don't you think that could hurt his, Alvano's? Are you worried about his confidence or like? No, I'm not. You know why? Because the kid's a stud and and he's a true freshman. And I think that it's okay to say, look, man, like we we have faith in you and we still have faith in you. We we just also need to put the guy out there who maybe is more consistent. And that might also mean that Bleak Rose <clears throat> is not making the kicks in practice and, and Tristan is because that's that's their measuring stick. Um, but I don't. I don't think that it would it would hurt this yeah. early in his career to say, you know, there's still room for you to grow, man. We don't expect you to be the best right now, right? I guess I'm. My, my opinion is, and it's nothing against Timmy Bleakroad. Like I, I would be fine if they decided to make the switch, but I don't. I don't think it's like. I don't think this is a season where you're like, man, we need to have a good kicker. It's this is a season where we're in development mode. Okay. And this is our freshman guy. This is who we are going to have going forward for the next four years. We're going to give him every single opportunity. Um, and and this opportunity is you've had a rough start. Let's see how you can how turn you it around. Okay. Yeah. I like that. And so and so that's that's what I I mean, I kind of hope that's what they do. Um, only for Alvano's sake and for the team moving forward. It's again, it's nothing against Timmy. Like if they if they decide to take Timmy in and make him you know, kicker one, fine, cool. I'm, I'm 100 okay with that. Um, just because, yeah, I like Timmy Bleak Road. He, like you said, he's he works hard and he's fucking competing and helping the team any way he can. Remember, um, remember when I asked, do you think you could gain a yard as a runner? <laughs> yeah, I can do it now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have if confidence. Timmy can do it. 
if they're going to open that kind of a, of a hole, yeah, yeah, I'll run through it. Hell yeah. I may not get nine yards like Timmy got. I might trip over myself immediately, but I think I could trip far enough for a yard. Yeah. I put my, I would put my arm in the ground to try and stable myself. It would immediately snap my arm. <laughs> and I, but I would still. A career ending one it, yard oh, run. It, it would be, I wouldn't watch football anymore. It'd be that bad. Um, but I think I could get a yard. Okay. Yeah. Through I, that Honestly, hole. yeah. If you had the right blocking, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Someone, my, oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I was going to, no, you can go because I, I was going to pull one more, one last thing about okay. special teams. I, I think your point on Tristan is incredibly valid and and you've changed my mind, to Thank be honest, you. on that we perspective. We can end the podcast. Yeah, we can. Right here. This we is still got to talk about Michigan. So now, nah, fuck but, it. <laughs> and on a high note. No, I, I, think, I think you make a great point. Um, I have a hard, hard time sometimes thinking about um, these guys who come to Nebraska to try and further their career and become professional football players. And when you have someone in a specialist role who it's not like um, a wide receiver who they can cycle through in different plays, or it's not like a running back. It's not like linemen, stuff like that. Secondary, you know, the quarterback, the punter, the place kicker. These are guys who like when they have their spot, everyone behind them has to wait for either, you know, something they, they have to wait for something to happen. And typically mm-hmm. it's not good. Yeah. And so I just think like, ah, if he came here with with next level hopes and he's behind a guy who's not making these field goals, I'd be very frustrated as a player. And 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 it's just a matter of like, how do they award that starting spot? Is it in practice? Is it because they are, you know, training him up uh, to be the guy for the next three years after this season? Um, or is it just because he outperforms in practice and so he's earned the right to start every Saturday so far? So like that's just where my kind of confliction comes in where it's like, well, what mm-hmm. if Timmy has dreams? You know, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Sure like, no, yeah. That's that's kind of how I feel on it. And yeah. it's like the kid has worked his ass off and he's talked about how how like he followed everything Ed Foley had to say. And like he's he's really trying to be a better kicker than he was a season before. And he was consistent for Nebraska a season before. So you, you just kind of look at it and go, you know, I just. I, I kind of have a, a soft spot for, for people in that situation. Oh yeah. This is, that's a hundred percent why I would never ever work out as a coach ever because uh, I couldn't do it, guys, man. Why don't you both kick? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two feet on one ball. Boop. Yeah. Yeah. There's no rule. Double your that. odds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But anyway, so my, my last special teams note was the, the kickoff out of bounds for the second week in a row. I know it's just a little thing, um, but it's not, and it's bad, and it's frustrating to me, yeah. and it makes me mad. And I just wanted to, I just needed to voice my anger, okay, and let everyone know I am angry about the kick out of bounds again because it feels like there's no reason for it for one, and it comes at times where it's like you, it, it's not the biggest momentum killer, but it's just like a little like little pinprick, yeah, you know, after a touchdown. Um, I don't like it. Okay, okay, thank you for letting me get that off my chest. Yeah, I'm happy. To have taken that off the chest. <laughs> I have an anecdote in regards to that. Okay. Um, so Friday at work, it's we quitting time is five o'clock at work for us. And at, by about four fifty, when it's pretty chill, when we're we're waiting to close up the shop, um, we tend to go in the back and throw a football around and just kind of, you know, shoot the shit and throw a football and have fun. Um, well, we were throwing the football and we were like, let's let's go outside because it's nice out. Um, it's like overcast yeah. and it's it's been dead you know, since like four o'clock. So let's just go outside and throw the ball. And then we started like kicking the ball back and forth, punting, you know, mm-hmm. as you do. And then one guy held the ball down for me to actually like kick a field goal kind of kick. And I was like, I'm capable of doing this. Yeah. Well, then my brother who I was playing catch with um, backed up like he wanted me to kick off. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll try a kickoff. Yeah. 
you know, I know how to do a, a, a field goal kick and I have like a motion for that, but kickoffs, I'm, I'm not. And so when you were talking about that, I was like, oh, they're harder than they look. I'm not. No. Yeah. No, no, I, no I don't want to be that guy. But, um, so I, I tried and I wound up kicking the ground. <laughs> so I kicked the cement, scraped my toe and ripped a hole in my shoe. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and I don't even think mine would have gone past the <laughs> midfield. I mean, I just, I just, even if it. you connected, it would oh, yeah. just duff the ever loving yeah. shit out of it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And my toe hurt. <laughs> I could see that. What yeah. a way to end your week. Yeah. Oh man. Well, so, okay. Well, yeah. Not to be that guy. Cause I do know I am horrendous. I'm worse than you at kicking. Um, and so I get it, but also like. If that's your job. No, I understand. I understand the frustration. You know, I just yeah. thought a funny thing happened to me trying to <laughs> trying to be something I'm very violently not. Yeah. Yeah. When my oh, my Coles kicking camp uh, is getting kicked out of a Coles <laughs> <laughs> while shopping for for jeans for the school year. That is my Coles kicking camp. Oh, man. Are you a boot cut or a straight leg guy? You know, I used to be boot. Yeah. Oh, man. In the in the early aughts. I was boot all the way. Yeah. Uh, now I'm a, now I'm straight. Nice. I'm a straight leg. Yeah. You know, yeah. Do you rock? You ever rock a skinny jean? Um, my my calves are so big that most straight <laughs> jeans are skinny jeans. Them are kicking calves though. <laughs> yeah, because when they kick me out of coals, my calves start a kicking. <laughs> no, let me back in. <laughs> oh man! Uh, all right. All right. Anything else for? Uh, Louisiana Tech, anything else to... No, no, I just... Um, how much Kohl's cash do you have? I have... So <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a, a brief uh, intermission on our part. We're going to grab our second beer, and then we will be back to talk about Michigan. How's that sound? It sounds like a terrible time. <laughs> All right, so we are back with a second beer from Cross Strain, and this beer is Cabana Crusher, an orange wheat ale. And this is something. This is this to me is a is a dad beer. Like this is a beer that my dad would go out to a restaurant, uh, order, and then uh, would not stop talking about to me. If yeah, he had it. I, I would equate it to like mango cart in yes. terms of what. Yes, yeah. in terms of what it is, it's you know being the wheat beer with the with that added fruit. Um, this one has orange orange in it and the orange is there like start to finish i think it's the star of the show but it's not an uh it's, it's a beer that is very well balanced like there's still a lot to chew on with it being a wheat beer um and it's really good it's got that it's good a good like zesty bitter sort of orange quality to it yeah i was gonna say it's like an orange peel expression in a cocktail as opposed to, or that orange oil as opposed to like that bright citrus juice Right, that you might get from for maybe a hazy or, or something that's a juicy IPA. This is more of like that orange aura. Like it just has that kind of overall feel where you're like if a if an orange peel or a lemon peel got dropped into this beer, it would only bring even more of that to life. Yeah. But it doesn't taste like an artificial orange or an overly sweet or sour orange. It's just like that nice brightness. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. I love um, it. This yeah. is this is crushable. This is one of those where I'm like, well shit, I'm gonna keep buying this beer. <laughs> yeah. It is very appropriately named. Yeah. 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 So check out Cross Drain if you haven't before. Um, everyone knows fairy nectar. Uh, whether you know that it's fairy nectar or not, you've, you've if you're a craft beer drinker in Nebraska, you've had a fairy nectar and that's another one of their beers that is just effortlessly crushable. There's a there's a reason that it's yeah, that it's everywhere. 
Um, but yeah, this is a brewery that um, these, I mean, these guys, like they know beer. Um, any, anytime we've ever, I think, spoken with another brewer throughout the state, like I feel like cross train inevitably gets referenced just because they are so heavily involved in helping others um, within the brewing community. Um, and they're so well respected yeah. for their for their for their skill and their and their time that they've devoted to it. So, um, yeah, Crosstrain is is, I mean, hands down, like one of the best out there. I think it's also cool to to see kind of how how far a brewery can grow, uh, especially to be kind of that local legend status within a decade. Like it's not like they've been around forever and ever. There's been breweries that have been around longer. There's been brewers that have. Um, even longer experience in the industry and stuff like that. But these guys aren't afraid to innovate. They aren't afraid to make a great beer and then never bring it back to the table again because they, they're always chasing, you know, that that high in a sense, that that next thing. And they're always trying to be better than they were one step before. And, and I just think that, that that shows. And when you stick true to that, uh, that belief and to that personality and that identity, uh, I think it just brings about great things. So I'm I'm always and forever a fan of Crosstrain. Same. Yeah. Cool. So let's let's switch gears into talking about something uh, even more exciting, which is <laughs> Nebraska versus Michigan. Yeah, uh, kickoff is scheduled for two thirty on Saturday, September thirtieth. Uh, Nebraska, at the time of this recording, currently sits as a eighteen point dog. Oh, slam me over on that. You really? <laughs> you re- I'm trying to think. I uh, my prediction. I think I have the under. I have Nebraska covering on you that. Think they'll cover eighteen? I think Nebraska will cover. Okay, I do. Um. But obviously, we can get into all that. Well, we will. Jim Harbaugh's second game of the season, so he's well-rested after his <laughs> fake suspension. I had to explain that to my wife yesterday. We were watching that, and I was talking about, like, oh, Rutgers is his first game back coaching for the season. She's like, what happened? Did he have an operation? Did something bad happen to him? And I was like, no, it's so obnoxious. It's so Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> he self-served a suspension where, like, his dad and his uncle and his second cousin all got to head coach or some bullshit, you know? <laughs> He, for for I think for giving a recruit a cheeseburger, something dumb like like that. an actual cheeseburger, not a bag of money, but like an actual cheeseburger. Yeah. yeah, and 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 then you know we never we never really talked about the Michigan, uh, the formation where they held up four in his honor the first game oh, that, of the season. Yeah, and that was fucking hokey. I was like, man, yeah, I'd be even if I'm Harbaugh, I'm embarrassed by that. <laughs> and then like, but then but then so like, okay, I have respect for Jim Harbaugh for what he's done at Michigan. Yeah, but then he does. Then he's himself, and I'm just I hate it. And you, I'm you hate Jim Harbaugh. I mean, you it's, hate why? I'm okay, so I'm conflicted by it. Okay, okay, I'm conflicted by Harbaugh because he still seems like if they came out and said everyone is granted an additional year of eligibility, he would be the first person to sign up to to play football again. In his presser, I think yesterday, <laughs> he said, "Why do you hate that?" It's just I love that. I mean, I don't. <laughs> He, I think he said my greatest love in, in life is playing football and the second greatest is coaching. And yeah. and then on the sidelines, like he's taking reps from receivers in warmups. Did you see the one that gloves? Doinked. Yeah, yeah doinked. He, <laughs> he's so not good. It, it's just it's, like it's beautiful. Like to me, though, it like he's he's endearing in this in, in his own way, like because he's so hokey and so offbeat and weird. And he does do stuff that's like. Like cringy in an embarrassing way, not cringy in a like bad way. I don't yeah. know, um, but he does. Like he just he he legitimately loves football. 
Like it is, it is what he was made to do. He is exactly himself. I don't know. I like actually like really appreciate it because unlike somebody like PJ Fleck, where it's like this cringy, like awfulness, like ego driven, Jim Harbaugh's is cringy awfulness. That's like just a love of football driven. He's a football nerd. Yeah. Like through and through. He just happens to be an incredible coach at, uh, you know, a storied program. Okay. If that's how you want to feel about him. I, okay. I will. I'll continue to, I'll just continue to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think he sticks around college football much longer? Do you think, or do you think he works his way back uh, to the NFL? No, I think, I think he's going to stick around a while. I really do. Okay. Yeah. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't. You, don't, you think, you, no. think, you feel like he's like plateaued or like reached his peak and I wants mean, to get. I, th- I think, I think we'll see kind of how this year shapes up, but I think it could be a, a third year in a row where he makes the playoff and that's about it. Yeah. And not, I mean, that's about it, but, you know, obviously <laughs> oh, yeah, I would love to make just the playoff and be, have that be, that's about it. But, but I, I don't, I don't think that a Michigan team is going to be better than Michigan is now or the past two seasons. You don't think they'll ever be able to win it. I think it's just tough. I, I think that they lack a passing game to, to take it to that next level. Um, they've got the defense and the run game. Uh, they've got all that support there, but but just to be that kind of knockout, drag them out team that can really compete with. Yeah, but I see. I think and I think that they've done just enough to add those wrinkles. They've got a couple of nice receiving weapons. Um, I think JJ McCarthy obviously is an accurate passer. He's a good game manager type quarterback, but I think that he has just enough talent and ability and just enough around him. Um, to do that, to take it to the next level, but without veering away from what they want to do, which is just grind the fuck out of their opponent in the most <laughs> <laughs> middle school <laughs> dance sort of way. Like, no, I mean, you already <laughs> lost me on explosive runs. <laughs> yeah. You didn't think grinding the fuck out of the opponent was going to send me off the edge. It's getting raunchy. Okay. Um, no, I no, I I think that I think that the, the, the Harbaugh and staff were in, they were very aware of of what was holding them back, and I think that they have actually addressed that issue just enough. Um, but again, without, without changing who they are, it didn't, it wouldn't, it doesn't take drastic measures of change to, to get to where they need to go. Um, and I, and I think that they're showing that already this year, just a little bit They're and they're, they'll progress and build and yeah, but I, then, then McCarthy has a game like against Bowling Green where he throws three interceptions. Yeah, and, but Harbaugh and, wasn't there to cheer him on and help him on the sideline. Oh, he, oh, <laughs> he didn't get to warm up yeah. with Harbaugh as a receiver. So he was like, <laughs> right. I'm I'm throwing these balls to the wrong guy. He's very confused. Yeah. No, I don't buy it. I, I, I don't I don't I don't buy it. Okay. I I, I I still think Michigan beats Ohio State. I still think Michigan wins the Big Ten and I still think Michigan makes the playoff. Yeah. But I think I think that that's like their that's, that's it. Th- that's as far as they can go now? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think that's unreasonable to think that. I just No, and and to be honest, if that's if that's what happened in Nebraska, if we won the Big 10, if we beat Ohio <laughs> right. State a year then we made it to the playoff, I'd be pretty damn excited. Yeah. Uh, but but I'd be pretty quickly looking to like what's next. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I yeah, I mean obviously he has experience in the NFL and he's talked about like the Super Bowl as the like that's the crown jewel, right? Like Sure. He's even said like, I mean, he wouldn't it's know. more important than oh man. <laughs> Thanks to his brother. Yeah. <laughs> How sad. The good Harbaugh. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's not listening. I mean, you know what? You know what? If if word came out that Jim Harbaugh listens to every single podcast about Michigan prior to playing that opponent, uh-huh. I wouldn't be surprised. No, I wouldn't either. I'd be like, yeah, I, I'm okay. 
Yeah. And I bet and while he, pressing his khakis, like he's just ironing his khakis. He doesn't even he doesn't even listen to two times speed. He listens to it like That's at 0. 0.75. So he slows it down. <laughs> really relishes. Yeah. In what we have to say. I'll show you. <laughs> so what do you think oh, about Michigan? Man. What do you where, where do you want to start? <laughs> you take it away because you're okay. you're higher on them. I yeah I am I, okay so yeah. I, and I okay so we we can start with where do we we always start with offense so let's start with Michigan's offense against Nebraska's defense they have been pedestrian um, you know through the non-con um, JJ did throw throw three interceptions against Bowling Green um, the offensive line they've had to retool this year and so I think they brought back like only two starters and and that's been a work in progress but they, like despite all of these like little question marks and all these issues like. When our quarterback has a three turnover, four turnover game, we lose yeah. to an inferior opponent. And we don't look great. When he when when JJ has that, like they still steamroll people. Um like it's just all around, like the talent all around him is just that great. Um and the offensive line we expected to, you know, have a little bit of a growing pain um this year, but they're already starting to gel. They showed um, like we talked about earlier against Rutgers, where uh, it was maybe a little bit of a slow start even in that game, but those last three quarters, like they absolutely controlled that game on both sides of the ball. Um, and a big part of that was just on, along the offensive line. They started to gel. They were able to just do what they wanted to do, which was ground and pound. Um, and so, yeah, I'm I'm still as high, if not higher, on Michigan after these four games than I was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that Michigan will break the 60-yard streak, obviously, when it comes to Nebraska's defense being able to stop Michigan's run attack. Yeah, that's um, a, we put a, yeah, we got a lot on the line there. I mean, we do, but we don't. This, yeah. is, this is, again, when you're looking at this game as like, a, here's who we want to be, it's not necessarily a measuring stick of like, we need to be here right now. It's just this is how we, we, we need to look at this and go, here's how far away we are. So give us, give Matt Rule and his staff, I don't want to say us, uh, give Matt Rule and his staff the time to build towards this because this can be wildly effective and start to get you to places you've never been before, which is atop the Big Ten, yeah. right? This that's that's Nebraska's first goal, I think under under Matt Rule, like the first long term goal is to win the Big Ten, and I don't think that that's anything to to scoff at or or that anyone would disagree with, right? Um, and and I think that Michigan is a team that you can look at and go, okay, they're not recruiting at an insane crazy level that is too far off from where Nebraska is. They're pulling in five stars and that's gotten better over the years. I would say it's far enough that I don't think we can realistically ever reach that regularly. I don't regularly. No, but Michigan also wasn't reaching that regularly. Uh, I remember the first year that Nebraska played Michigan under Scott Frost. There was only a, like a point two differential in the average stars on the starting lineup between the two teams. It, will, it wasn't only until after Michigan started to find this continued success that they started pulling in these bigger classes, getting five stars like a J.J. McCarthy uh, to join that squad. And so I think that the, the building blocks are finding the success, doing things the way that Michigan gets it done, which is the ground and pound, bring in high profile offensive linemen. Uh, and then you bring in a running back like a Blake Corum who can trust his offensive line, who can be patient behind his offensive line. Uh, but is also a violent runner himself that once contact comes, he's like a Chase Brown as well in that example where it's like he powers through the contact as opposed to getting brought down. And that's still not something we're seeing out of Nebraska's running backs yet where they're able to run through contact. Contact tends to bring them down, but it's also because it's happening 
sometimes at the line of scrimmage or even in the back. I was going to say, they don't, they don't have those two or three yards that the offensive line is giving them right off the bat yeah. where they get that head of steam and they can yeah, yeah. power through it. But, but to me, the, the thing that's so impressive about Michigan's offense is, is absolutely that, that violence and the patience. Like Those are the two words that jump out at me when I watch them play football because they are able to sit back and wait, find the gap, and then Blake Corm shoots it with violence. Um, and, and that's where it's so demoralizing and, and defeating for the opposing defense because you're just you're, you're taking hits as the <laughs> defense as opposed to giving them out. So the conditioning that already has to take place on the defensive side of the ball is just exacerbated by the kind of hits you're taking. Um, and when Nebraska's counting on their secondary to come down and help you know in that in that situation, um, it gets to a point to where then they yeah, they get a little burned, uh, they get a little a little. Uh, tired in that secondary come late in the games and then it opens up the passing game where a, a, a five-star accurate passer who's a game manager like McCarthy can then just start to pick you apart yeah yeah and he's got weapons to throw to you mentioned uh Blake Corum obviously in the running game but they've got the other running back Donovan Edwards yep um who's a proven runner but but they're using him more to attack the edges they like to to dump the ball off to him in the receiving game um using him a little bit as the lightning to to Corum's thunder um Roman Wilson is a is a true speed threat at, at wide receiver for him, um, and is the the go to guy for McCarthy. But he's also got a big big body in Cornelius Johnson um, that can be a good mismatch. And both those guys are averaging over seventeen yards per catch. Um, and then they've also got uh, tight end Colston Loveland, who's got over fourteen or he's got fourteen catches for one hundred sixty eight yards on the year. And so, um, yeah, as soon as they've got that that run game established. Um, yeah, then that's that's why McCarthy can be so effective in the pass game is because he can just start picking his places and, and finding his guys. And he's got so many different different weapons. It's not um, it's not just one guy. It's not um, just one type of player. It's it's everybody through like throughout the offense. Um, and so it's it's such a it's such a like multifaceted offense that um, again like Michigan has has started to lean a little bit more into using it like the Swiss army knife offense rather than just sticking to just ground and pound. You know what I think is the the craziest thing about Michigan's offense? Um, Do you know how many points they've scored in the fourth quarter this year? I don't. Seven. They scored the first time they scored in the fourth quarter was against Rutgers. That's wild. Michigan comes out incredibly strong on offense. They give you, like you were saying, the Swiss army, they'll give you all these different looks. They make you go nuts uh, on, on, um, on the defensive side of the ball, trying to keep up with all these different ways that they can hit and attack and, and go at you. And they wear you down over the first three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, you know what they do? They just control the clock. They're happy to just move the ball and then trust in their defense. Yeah. And it is, it's a thing of beauty. It's a thing that you look at and you go, this is, this is a, this is a conundrum. Like this team could be putting up 45 points a game, but they're, they're choosing not to, you know, they're just in complete control. And, and I just, I wonder in, down the stretch, how does that change if they get into a game where they do need to be more aggressive in that fourth quarter when they've, when they, you know, they throw the knockout punches early. Yeah. Um, whereas Nebraska is a team that wants to throw the knockout punches late. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that we're going to be in a situation to throw a knockout punch. If Michigan needs to be the aggressors, they will be, but they just haven't yet. And yeah. so I just wonder how does that shape up as they get into a Penn State game, an Ohio State game? Some of these more difficult games, maybe a Maryland game even, where there's you know a lot of like late offense taking place once the, the defense has been maybe figured out. How do they progress down the road 
uh, in that situation because they just haven't been put into situations where they have to score late. Yeah. So I'm just I'm curious how that goes. I think it's a really unique way that their offense is built and they're able to play complementary to that defense where they know like even if we just possess the ball for eight minutes and don't do dick with it, that's 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 like seven points. Yeah. Right. That's like a touchdown for us because we've already got that buffer. Yeah. When we talk about their defense, well, I'll talk. I'll talk about their fourth quarter defense compared let's, to yeah. Let's do it. Um. So the, yeah, their their fourth quarter defense, like statistically, is horrendous. Right. Um. They go from giving up, like maybe like one and a half to under two yards per rush to giving up like five and a half yards. And but that is because they're putting in the the game's in control. Right. right. Um. And so they're they're putting in all their backups at that point, and it's the same thing. And then they and they grind out. The clock. So, um, yeah, the the idea that idea of like the way that they control the game and whether they can like really lay down the hammer at the fourth quarter. Um, I don't think we're gonna get a witness whether or not they can. Like you said, um, it's it's interesting to think about. But I honestly think they're gonna be so well rested um, and so self assured because they do control those first three quarters so well that when the time comes, I don't. I don't see how they have any sort of problem with it. Um, it it'll just be business as usual, I think, yeah. at that point. And, and they'll continue to just kind of roll along, um, even in tight situations. Yeah, you know, when I look at their defense, to me, they're, they're textbook, right? Like, they are the exact defense that when you open up the, the dictionary and you look up defense, they are sound on first and second down. They get you into a long third down situation, and then they are aggressive. And they've got guys who can get home. They've got the mutant number 94 who is violent on that defensive line. Who's able to disrupt. He's able to knock down passes. Big bear paw gets up there, you know, does the work. They've they've got all these guys that they can then rely on. And again, when you, when you talk about um, Nebraska needs to run a blitz in order to get home and put pressure on the quarterback, Michigan doesn't. And so they can drop guys back or they can bring just a fifth guy you know, they can they can put an extra guy on the line and they can still trust in their secondary and in their linebacker core to make stops so that they can be violent and they can be aggressive on third down. And so it's one of those things where like, yeah, they're going to be sound on first and second. They're going to get you into these uncomfortable situations and then they're going to show what kind of defense they really are in that third down situation. And I and I just I just wonder and again, do I feel like this is going to be against Nebraska? No, but I just wonder when they get into even more advanced competition, does playing this way for a long time come back to bite them in the butt? Does, does you know, kind of not being as aggressive early on and not rolling the dice early on uh, in a series come back to hurt them, uh, you, you know, later on in the year. Does that make sense? Where it's like, I, I'm just wondering if the way that they play the game of like kind of front-loading on offense and back-loading on defense in terms of when they dis- decide to strike, if that doesn't throw them off balance in games where it's not as easy to manage. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that, to be honest. But does it make sense what I'm asking? Like, I, I mean, am I, am I, I think that, I think that is, I don't think that this, I think that, that they play the way that they're playing because that's how the games are shaking out. Because they're just that fucking. They're just good. that good. Yeah, ah, it pisses me off. I'm no. sorry, but like, <laughs> but like, I think that's just the way it's going. I think any, um, you know, any sort of like, um, uh, you know, slow start or whatever on one side of the ball or the other is. I mean, part of it is like like they're 
their defense is, has been so like racked with injuries. Um, for one, they haven't had their head coach to coach them through. Um, they are trying some new things on offense. And so they're, you know, they're breaking in like some little, you know, new wrinkles. Like, so there's all sorts of things like that. And then they're, you know, they're the opponents, um, you know, make a difference. And all that. I don't, I, yeah, I just, I don't, I wouldn't read too much into that, I guess, personally. But I also have a very, um, unfortunately, rose-colored sort of, like, glasses when I'm looking at this team um, that I think is kind of, like, skewing skewing my opinion, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a great team. They yeah. really are. I mean, what have they held opponents to less than seven points a game on average? I can tell you. I've got a listed three, yeah. seven, six, seven. Okay. So um, per that's that's their yeah numbers. Yeah. They're they're the number one scoring defense, the number two overall defense in the nation. Um, yeah, nobody has scored more than one score on right. on them in a game. Um, Rutgers looked like they were going to like at least put up a fight pretty early on they they scored a, on their first drive they had, there was a big defensive breakdown in their secondary and and Rutgers was able to you know strike with a a nice little ball over the middle um that went off for almost 70 yards but then like but then after that like Michigan was like fuck it like let's just shut this down and they did they played their game um their defense I think they held Rutgers to like 150 yards total op- offense after that play um, while their offense rolled through like 400 yards. Um, and it was suffocating, man. Like it was just, yeah. it was brutal. Um, and again, they're doing this without top talent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Mason Graham, they're missing him along the defensive line. Their secondary is, is um, almost entirely guys that they did not have, they did not expect to start. Um, but Will Johnson, Rod Moore, and Makari Page, they've all been out for summer all of the season so far, and they're all coming back healthy. Um, or they have come back uh, just for this Rutgers game, and they'll they'll be, I think, all. I'm pretty sure all of them will be here for Nebraska. Cool. Great. Yeah. Yep, that's what we want. <laughs> and so it's kind of like they, they kind of have a similar situation to Nebraska on defense where they're just rotating in tons of guys, I mean, tons of guys without missing a beat. And it's... Um, it's beautiful if you're a Michigan fan, but it's it's terrifying if you're an opposing fan. Um, and so yeah, so for them to get back all these these leaders, um, you know, preseason All Americans, um, young but still somehow proven talent. Uh, they're yeah, I think I think that again they're they're going to be so well rested that when they get into those later games, um, and they're they're going to be so well developed when they get into those later games that. I think that they're not going to have any sorts of issues. So Nebraska will just be another stepping stone uh, along their path. Wow. <laughs> that, that fills me with such confidence. I, I, th- I, so when I was watching Rutgers, honestly, like going into that, going into that game, I thought like, I was like, man, Rutgers is a scrappy team, right? Shiano's here. Um, they, they like to, you know, muddy games up, make it ugly. They, they play defensively. Um, they've got a very similar offense to Nebraska in that they've got a running quarterback who, who's not necessarily the best passer and they don't ask him to throw the ball a lot. Uh, they run, to, I think, two-thirds of the time. Um, and I was like, man, this is like, like legit. Like This is straight up like what Nebraska is probably gearing up to do. And for that first drive, like it was effective. Rutgers moved the ball incredibly well. Um, they had Michigan on their toes, and then they, they struck big on the, the pass point and – um, and then Michigan's offense was struggling a little bit out of the gate too. Uh, but it turns out like their only punt for the game was that first drive. So, <laughs> um, 
so like I, I don't know. I feel like there is a formula in there where you you can give Michigan fits, um, but a lot of things need to break your way. And I don't think that Nebraska has, at least offensively, we don't have what what it takes up front um, to have any sort of consistent success or have any way to possess the ball long enough on enough drives to keep it close. Yeah, I think the one way that you have to go about that is we have to hope that this defense, our defense, um, starts starts earning some turnovers. Yeah, winning some possessions would be Yeah, you know, th- that's something that, that Matt Rule has consistently talked about week after week of, like, we've got to get better defensively taking the ball away. Things need to not just, you know, break our way. We need to continue to tackle. And I, and, and I wonder if that's maybe part of the Louisiana Tech tackling issues is he was telling his guys, hey, you're wrapping guys up, you're tackling, now you got to start the next level is breaking the ball out of there. I wonder if that was maybe a little bit more on their mind. No, you don't. I'm think shaking so. my. <laughs> you don't think so? You think it was just bad tackling? I think it was just. I honestly think it was a a snoozy sort of a performance. I think it was just like a. This is Louisiana Tech, and we got Michigan on the horizon. Um, things have been coming. Not. I want to say they've been coming easily. Like to to take away from like the work that's been put in, but I I just I don't know. It's human nature when when things are clicking and you're doing well. Like sometimes complacency kind of like slides in, and you see that. Okay, well, so, I'd, I'd like to see more turnovers. I'd like to see this defense respond from what you, you, I'm taking your words. These aren't my words. It was a snoozy performance. <laughs> Drew's words, not my words. 100% Drew's words. But I'd like to see what Drew said, uh, the opposite of it, which is um, this defense really step up, yeah. take the ball away, uh, and, and stall a couple of drives. McCarthy is capable of making mistakes. Yeah. And and it was it's been shown against lesser defenses that he can make mistakes. So this Nebraska defense, that is a sound defense, which should, you know, deal Michigan some fits. I don't think it's going to be just a pure run all over us, pass all over us and do whatever you want. I think there's going to be some resistance. Um, I think the way to balance out the time of possession, even though Nebraska may not be able to sustain as long of drives is going to be to take the ball away. And it's going to be, we may have to break something special on special teams. Yeah. And I, and, and here's, I've got more information on that, on why that will be important. It's almost like I just lead you right in. I know man. it's crazy. We don't plan this either. It's great. We don't, um, we plan nothing. This <laughs> it's amazing that we're this far. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I mean, we getting, getting the ball back to Nebraska's offense is, is important, but like if we can get it and, and have it short field position, it's all the better. Um, is it? Is I, that? Is, is that? Typically yeah, what I know they that's. Say in I know that's common sense, but here's <laughs> why: it's because Nebraska's offense in the red zone has actually been incredibly effective. Um, we're not good at getting there. Um, we've only had 10, 10 times that we've visited the red zone as an offense, which ranks 118th in the nation. So not good. Not last. Not not last, but not definitely not not top quarter, not top half, not top three quarter. Uh, but once we are there, we're really good at scoring. We've got nine scores out of 10 trips, and eight of those scores have been touchdowns. Nice. And so, yeah, so this idea of, of um, you know, Nebraska, if Nebraska gets a, I don't know, an interception that stops Michigan from scoring, great. But if then our offense has to respond by, like, marching 80 yards down the field, I don't know that that's going to be um, realistic to do over and over again. Obviously, Bowling Green couldn't fucking do it when they got – they got four turnovers, and they still only this put This better up. be the last fucking time you compare us to Bowling Green. <laughs> it won't be, because I think there's going to be a lot of comparisons, maybe on the broadcast. Um, 
but yeah, but if we can if we can win the ball and win great field position, then yeah, absolutely. That's that is a key to at least keeping it competitive, um, and maybe then finding out how does you know how does Michigan respond and how do they play when they are not in complete control for you know at least three quarters of the game. Nice. So, anything that you would like to say about uh, special teams going into this game? What did I write down? Um, you know what? I will say um, Michigan has questions at kicker as well. So if it does come come down to it. Comes down to <laughs> field goal. <laughs> it's close, you know. Their guy is only three of five on field goals, and he's missed a PAT already this year. So, um, Well, I bet he didn't get a pat on the back for that one. <laughs> some shaky ground there. Because um, PAT spells pat. No, I, yeah, pat. Yeah, he didn't get a pat on the back. Yeah, no, I got that. I understood. Let me break it down for you. <laughs> Sometimes when you spell stuff out, and then I can can say. <laughs> now you get the laugh. There you go. Yeah, there it is. Perfect. Oh man, um, I think their punt return game has been pretty decent. They've got a lot of guys that they're not averaging big returns, but they're doing what what we talked about with with Kemp, where they're you know getting you know seven, eight, nine yards on a return, and that's essentially like almost a free down. Yeah. Um, so looking out for that. And then uh, everything else, as far as what Nebraska's done, I think we kind of covered when we talked about Louisiana Tech. Um, this is this is a game where, like, I think a big special teams play will be necessary. Like um, a block punt. <clears throat> yeah, block like punt a big return, something yeah. something like that. Um, again, just to, just to keep it closer, to win that, that field position battle um, and take – take work away from the offense because not not because of Nebraska's offense but because of just how fucking good this defense is and the fact that they're going to be healthier coming into Nebraska is just it's mind blowing to me yeah well i say uh, i say we then get into some uh, predictions okay and uh, you, be fun. you said you said before the recording that this is the best prediction you've ever written. This no. That, no, no, hold on. Let me finish. <laughs> Let me finish. Let me finish. You said that if people don't have high hopes listening to this one, um, then they're mistaken. OK. Um, and so you said that I should go first because nothing will ever bring anything home like what your what your prediction. Sure. Says. Sure. We'll just right. Go no, with that. that's like verbatim what you told me. That sounds you know, what's funny is that my whole um prediction is all quotes and so it's just funny that you're sitting here trying to misquote me when i'm about to misquote the fuck out of somebody so here uh, we go yeah. my prediction is written on the back of a manila envelope <laughs> uh because i just grabbed what it's i had even in straight lines it's like all sideways and, and janky. Do, you, do you ever do this okay so i start writing and like really nicely written and then like as the the, the flow comes like it just gets worse because you, yeah yeah, yeah it's you, like i can't keep up yeah I, I can't I can't type or write as fast as like my brain wants to go. I don't think anybody can. I'm sure there's people out there who can. Really slow brained <laughs> fast handed people. I was giving people compliments. Like, like I'm sure there's someone who can write really quickly and you're like, no, nah, yeah, yeah, I have a pretty <laughs> slow brain. Okay. I mean, okay. Okay. Ahem. <laughs> a tale of two teams, one back to prominence full of identity and consistent development from top-notch coaches, and the other beginning their journey. Although this game is to be played on turf, it could be played on a mirror, one looking forward, one looking back. Michigan offensively throws everything they have at you early, then cinches up the defense. Nebraska stays with you every... Every... Er, whoop. <laughs> Rewind. 
Nebraska stays with you early, but tries to deliver their knockout late. It's a beautiful matchup between 97 champions, but one where the Huskers find themselves outdeveloped, outcoached, and out-offensively lined. The good news is this won't be a heartbreaker when the clock hits zero. Nebraska holds their own and leaves with pride, but Michigan leaves with a win, 24-9. Okay. I like that. Yeah. That was nice. Look, I know that I don't like Harbaugh. I respect where Michigan is as a team. Yeah. And and I and I think that you have to recognize that respect. What I what I like about what I didn't like about the Minnesota game is that we lost and that we lost close. Right. What I didn't hate about the Colorado game is that we lost big. Right? You've heard that cycle where you lose big, lose close, win close, win big. Right. And I feel like people think that our cycle we are still at the at the lose close stage. And and this is this to me is like the 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 washing over and the resetting of this new coaching staff. We are back to losing big against quality opponents. Whereas in the past we we had these real close games where it's a one score game against Michigan, Ohio State, you know, these these games that we felt like were in control and we're like, oh, we're losing close, so soon we're gonna start winning close. We're not there. Right. Right. We are back to the beginning of the development of trying to be the team we want to be the way that we want to be it. And so I think that in order to do that, you have to have games that absolutely suck to watch like a Colorado game where they just start to blow the game open. You have to have a game where Nebraska's down 24 points and they score a touchdown and then they go for two. They don't convert. Then they get a field goal late to just keep the game within two scores. Maybe like those are big losses. Right. So you have to get to that point. You have to get through that and you have to feel what that feels like to understand, okay, we're not that old team. We're not the team that doesn't know how to win. We're the team that's still trying to develop who we are. And so these big losses are going to come, but soon those losses are going to start to get smaller. They'll convert to wins and then they'll grow again. And, and you hear Matt Rule talk a lot about this where um, the team is just, they, they just don't know how to win yet. And I think it's because they don't, they don't know how they're going to lose yet under this staff. And so I think they need to start. They, this sounds so bad. They need, to, they need to learn how to lose in a new way, right? Where the games are, we're just outmatched and we have to work to get there. Yeah. We don't deserve to be in these games yet. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think there's an incredible amount of talent and there's so much hard work. And I, I, I care so much about these, these players because they've given so much time to Nebraska. Um, and it's, it's just, it's again, it comes back to the, the Timmy versus Tristan argument, right? Of like my heart breaks because of how much work and everything they've put in. It's so easy to just go, okay, well, it's just a coaching transition, but it's, it's, it's a complete change in philosophy. And when you want to match up against a team like a Michigan, um, you have to take the hard truth. And that's, that this is a very good team. And, you know, a 24 to nine, I know there's no moral victories under this coaching staff, but I, as a fan, look at that and go, my Huskers fucking fought. And I'm very proud of that. So that's what I hope to see on Saturday. I'd be blown away and bowled over and, and ecstatic if there's a win. But I do think there's opportunities for fans to be like, God damn it, this is a team for us to be proud of. And so that's where I'm at right now. Nice. That's wonderful. That's very nicely said. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. I, I was spiraling I, a bit no, there. No, that's okay. You, you can let it, I was just going to let you go. Um, I, think, <laughs> I was going to let you yeah. spiral. <laughs> <laughs> just want to hear what you had to say. No, uh, I think the I think the whole that whole like close loss narrative, the close loss, the close wins, blah blah blah, that trajectory. The, I don't think 
that our our losses were ever close because because I think we were a lot further from winning than we ever believed we were, and yeah, when you do have a new staff, the the trajectory resets, um, and and that's been it's hard for as a fan base it's hard hard to separate because you've you've just continued to live straight through yeah, um, but for as the football program goes like there was a hard change it was a new it's a new staff new hard role. hard in a lot of different and, ways right like yeah we we put so much into the the previous staff so much belief and excitement and everything like that it's a very difficult transition to be going through right now yeah right oh, yeah. where it's like no i i put my faith where the faith was supposed to go and look how i've been betrayed like it, so i understand all of the frustration of the past cuz we've lived in it mm-hmm. right every uh, it's been so frustrating like i even think back to the game before frost first win where it was that northwestern game that we had in complete control and Nebraska had a big lead on them and Northwestern chipped their way back and wound up winning the game only for Nebraska to win under Scott Frost for the first time against Minnesota. Yeah. Like I remember even those frustrations um, if we're talking about like the recent ones. Yeah. So like this, this is a very like difficult thing to go through, especially when you think like we had the guy who was supposed to be the answer and that didn't pan out. So now where are we? And then you have a close game against Minnesota, and you're like, God damn it, we're still close, but we're not, mm-hmm. right? Like, that that almost was the worst thing that could have <laughs> happened. I, if, if it had been a blowout, people would have been like, we got room to grow. Yeah, it would have, it would have felt like a fresh start. Like, rip the bandit off right. kind, of, kind of thing, but no, it was, it was almost like hitting rewind and pressing play again. Yeah, you scuffed your knee, we kissed it, and we pretended that a kiss on the knee makes it better. Yeah, yeah. But. So. All right, well. Send send it send okay. us out in style. <laughs> okay, we'll see. I I'm not sure about this. I don't know how this is gonna go, but we're gonna try this. You said <laughs> you you when you when you came to my house, you kicked the door open, and in front of my two children, you said, "Listen up, motherfuckers, daddy's got it today." And they were like, "You're not our dad." And they, I mean, it was. I don't know why you're trying to sell it short. When you came in here with such confidence, I did have so much bravado. You, now, now that I'm like up against it, you know, you, I, you broke a bottle of champagne <laughs> on on the front of our house, and you said, "I christened this home the best prediction." And I was like, "That doesn't even track. Like, it doesn't even make, make sense what you're saying." Oh man, take a sip. Yep, drink your beer. Oh, that's here's a funny story. <sighs> okay, just, <laughs> no, just, no, just delay the please. yeah, delay the inevitable. Yeah, good. Um, there was one night where um, my wife and I were getting ready for bed, and she's got a big water bottle next to her bed. And, um, sometimes she just, she'll make noises and then I'll, I'll copy those noises. Like I'll just mimic them. And she took a big drink out of water and it was like, like that. And then I went and she spit her water everywhere. And so now I'm very conscious when people are taking a drink to not say anything because when I matched her noise, it just, it just shot like the water all, oh, it was funny. So now when she drinks her water, she drinks it very quietly. That's very funny. Lesson learned for her. Why don't you? I would continue that if I were you. I would continue to make the noises. No. To recreate that. No, I don't want to get yelled at. Okay. I'm not going to do it while you're taking a drink. (laughs) (laughs) That was the most (laughs) kazoo sounding fucking sip I've ever heard. These weird glasses. Okay, here we go. I'm going to give you my prediction now. Ready? Okay. Okay. Um, I'm not even going to explain it. All right. Saturday, September 30, 2023, through the eyes of Jim Harbaugh, using only Jim Harbaugh quotes. Oh, okay. I'm, a, I'm in. You're right. <laughs> okay. You were right to break that bottle of champagne on my house. Uh, I drink a lot of milk. 
a lot of milk. Whole milk, though, not the candy-ass 2% or skim milk. Before they had crunchy peanut butter, I would put peanuts in the creamy peanut butter. I'm a jackhammer. I take a vitamin every day. It's called a steak. I believe it saves a good half hour to 45 minutes not having to stand in front of the hangers and the drawers and figure out what to wear. I can work out in my khakis and do. They're similar to sweatpants. There's a body clock that tells you it's time for football. That's my body clock telling me it's time to compete. I get a big thrill out of football. We win as a team. I'm proud to report that my future will always be bright. Personally, I can get better at the post-game handshake and will attempt to do that. Okay, that was that's going to be Jim Harbaugh's experience on September 30th. If that made any fucking sense to you, it they're going to win the game. <laughs> it, it made it made no sense, but it made all the sense. Okay, here's Saturday, September 30th, 2023, through the eyes of a Nebraska fan, using only Jim Harbaugh quotes. <laughs> Fans have a constitutional right to expect success and have high expectations. Anything is always a possibility. Everything is always a possibility. What will happen will happen. What won't happen, what won't happen won't happen. It's time for football. That's not a word that I would put with the two, football and happy. It's not a lot of fun. I got hit by a milk truck. You're kind of of numb after 50 shots to the head. There is so much injustice in the world. It's time to move. I've lost all my friends. That's how my football dreams always go. I care very deeply about mental health, but I have football dreams still. It's a talent, but it can be acquired too. I think of it like building a callus. Michigan 45, Nebraska 10. Wow. Wow. You are taking the, uh, you can take Michigan in that. I think that it will be a, I think it'll be a late steamroll. I got hit by a milk truck. <laughs> <laughs> he like, had so many fascinating quotes. I, I like to think that that, uh, that had to have been a quote all by itself, right? No, he explained it. He got hit by a milk truck when he was little and it broke his leg. And then he was in a cast for six months during first grade. But like the second half of first grade, he was very specific. I got hit by a milk you truck. You got hit by a milk. Milk milk has been um, a weirdly large part of his. You think you think he's going for that youth? Does a body good like ad campaign? And they're just like, no. <laughs> have you seen his body? You probably have because he plays. He, he looks like shirtless. a body. He looks like a body of milk, <laughs> not by milk. <laughs> oh man, he's great. So I don't, many, I, you know so what? Many, he's so fucking weird. He is, and uh, <laughs> and I think I think I owe you uh, an apology for doubting that your prediction was was going to be anything less than that because that was fantastic. <laughs> it took surprisingly little time to um, put together like a what a day in the life would be like. Yeah, um, on that day, on that day specifically. Yeah, I think I think Jim Harbaugh's gonna wake up and do Jim Harbaugh things, and then um, he's gonna fucking step out on onto the field at Memorial Stadium. He's gonna coach his team, and they're gonna win the way that they win. I think Nebraska fans are gonna do what they always do, and um, probably, I mean they're gonna come and support, and and probably mostly be realistic. But some of us are gonna find ways to talk ourselves into some sort of hope, you know, somewhere or another. Um, we're going to, we're going to live through the experience very emotionally. Um, and it's going to suck and we're going to feel all of it. And I don't think there is any sort of checking out 
um, for a lot of us. And then, uh, <laughs> and then we're going to fucking pick ourselves up and do it again next week, you know, move on. But I think, I think that Michigan will, um, I think they'll keep us at arm's length. I think Nebraska will be competitive more so than what my score says. Um, I, I do think our, our defense can really hang with this offense um, and at least give them a lot more competition than they've seen all year, yeah. for sure. Uh, and and it'll, it'll take a much better performance than we saw from them against Louisiana Tech, but hopefully that is a... Get that get that shit out of the way. Yeah, now. it's a wake up call. It sure is. And yeah, and 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 come and bring it next week. Um, I think offensively, I, I just and we just don't we I, we just don't have what it takes to compete. We're not. Um, we were, I think we rely too much on the run, um, especially if we go down early. Uh, the line is just not going to hold up very well. And and I mean, but that's just that's the reality of the situation. So. Uh, yeah, I think I think Michigan just pulls away late, kind of kind of the way that Colorado did, but maybe in a more like methodical, blunt sort of way. Sure, sure. So, well, I'm already I'm already getting sad over it. Hey, uh, you know the the good news is for you and I personally is the morning of the thirtieth is one of our favorite days of the year. That's true. That is true. Which is which is a golf scramble with some good friends. Yep. With an open bar. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, regardless of outcome, we will be in the right state of mind to... We'll be ready to face we it. We will have shot a 46, regardless of score. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, will, we will shoot 40 under, uh, and because uh, we get to take a stroke off for every beer we drink. Yep. No, that's not true. It is now. That's a good rule. <laughs> There's tournaments like that. There are golf tournaments where you get to take a stroke off your score for every beer you drink. No kidding. Which is v- very dangerous. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to do it anyway, you might as well. Might as well get count. points for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of us, you know, some of us take our golf very seriously. <laughs> and then others of us wind up smacking each other with golf clubs 13 holes in because it's an open bar. <laughs> the, the best, The best part about this tournament for those who do not know us, is uh, even though we are on a four-person team and we're trying to succeed as a team, about halfway through, we all turn on each other and it becomes a an absolute oh, riot. That's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite it. part. When that, when that turn hits <laughs> and it's no longer about playing good golf and more about how can I mess with the other person, um, that's when the true joy kicks in. I, I love it. I do. Uh, I love it so much. I can't so, wait. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Next Saturday will be great. Next Saturday is going to be a good day, and and I hope that Nebraska t- uh, can take a good long look at at where they want to be and put up an effort that uh, we can be proud of. And I think that that's going to happen. And it sounds like yeah. from your prediction too, we got a defense that can hang. We got an offense that's going to give its best shot, um, and and we've got an opportunity to continue to grow and develop. Um, and there's a very clear way to grow and develop in the way that Matt Rule has laid out where they can find success like a, like a Michigan team can. Yeah, yeah. This is not a game where I'm walking into it thinking um, anything other than, like, we're probably just going to take our lumps, but it's not going to deter our course. No. Like, we'll just – this is you, this just is where Michigan fell on the schedule and, um, and where it fell in terms of where we are as a program and where they are. And so it's not completely hopeless. There's always a chance, as, you know, Harbaugh, Harbaugh would remind us, anything's possible. Hairball. 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 <laughs> Jim Hairball. 
All right. Well, that does it for this week. We want to thank everyone who tuned into this week's episode. If you have anyone who you think would enjoy a listen, we would truly appreciate your recommendation. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Wannabe Walk-Ons and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Remember to do your part. Drink local beer wherever you are. You can find more information on Cross Strain by visiting CrossStrainBrewing.com. That's Cross Strain spelled K-R-O-S-S-T-R-A-I-N brewing.com. That cross can be a little tricky. How do you spell brewing? Oh, my gosh. Why'd you stop there? Because uh, it's spelled the the way that if you needed to find it in a dictionary. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if I was like, I don't know how to spell brewing. B-R-O-O. Yeah. Yeah. It's B-R- Ewing. <laughs> Ewing. Yeah. As in Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got Crossterainbrewing.com. K-R-O-S-S-T-R-A-I-N-B-R-E-W-I-N-G. Period. <laughs> How C- many people are like, wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Like, Let me grab a page. It's yeah. in the show notes, guys. I post it on every show notes. If you have any breweries you would like us to sample on the show, visit W-A-N-N-A-B-E-W-A-L-K-O-N-S. That's wannabe walk-ons dot or period uh, <laughs> c-o-m to submit this is so bad uh you can you can you can recommend breweries for us to visit by visiting our website go oh, ahead drew God. thanks again for listening join us next week as we recap the michigan game sample another nebraska brewery and preview nebraska's matchup against illinois thanks for listening and as always drink big red drink big red drink big red